The Late Night Alternative with Ian on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. side two of the uh, soundtrack album for the Frank Sidebottom Chris Seavey movie coming out on my record label. Um, I'm always slightly coy to mention my record label here because, A, I don't want to get dumb, you know, for selling stuff. And, B, yeah, you get a bit boring for something. You know, we do kind of monkey stuff and we do you know, Marnie stuff. But, but boy, I'm, you're going to hear a lot about this. The soundtrack to the Frank Sidebottom Chris Seavey documentary is coming out today. I wrote the sleeve notes for it. I had a little tear in my eye. I'm going to warn you, the sleeve notes have the C word in there. Do they? Yeah, because everyone says... I'll tell you the anecdote I wrote in there. It's only 500 words I wrote. Everyone says, oh, once, once Chris had the head on... Oh, by the way, the movie's coming out at the end of March. Hopefully the album's going to be out then as well. 500 um, limited edition uh, picture disc vinyl. The picture disc is his eye. 
Uh, it was once, uh, once Chris put the head on, he became Frank, and um, he became the childlike. No, I have been in a green room of the 100 Club in London's Oxford Street when uh, Frank Sidebottom, I'm going to be honest, was pissed, and Frank Sidebottom, with the head, beckoned me over to whisper to me, Ian, have you ever heard me swear? No, Frank, I haven't. Well, you're an effing C. Wow, <laughs> And I, fe- I literally fell to the floor in hysterics because it came from nowhere. Well, you're an effing C. Oh, Frank. Frank, I'm going to tell your mum. Oh, no, don't. You <laughs> know you are. You really are. <laughs> he was so- I know some of the listeners came to it. It was a really weird night. For some reason, I don't know why, this promoter said, do you want to come and host a comedy night at the, the 100 Club in Oxford Street? P- famous punk club. And I went, yeah. He thought I'd be a big drawer. I wasn't. Only about 40 people turned up. And he said, you can choose the bill. So I chose Steve Wozniak, who I think is brilliant. Another comedian whose name escapes me. Another comedian. A couple of other comedians. And Frank Sidebottom. And bless Chris, he was probably getting about 80 quid for it. He came down on the megabus from Manchester. And he sat in the green room and got very, very drunk. And he was supposed to do 20 minutes, 40 minutes into the set. And the promoter said... We've got to close. You've got to go up there and get him off. I said, <laughs> literally about 35, 40 people there. And so I had to get up and go, all right, Frank, well, we're done. Thank you so much. And he was steaming. I've never seen him like it. And he said, okay, boss, I'm off to the corner of the stage where I will be selling badges for a pound. And he went to set on the stage selling badges for a pound <laughs> while I wrapped up the evening. What a thing. The movie, if you've not seen it, comes out the end of March. It's inc- you've, you've seen yeah. it. We went and saw it at the BFI, didn't we? It was we? lovely. Very touching. So good. It's in the sun. Have you seen the sun? T- type in the, the sun. The sun. The sun. Uh, Frank Sidebottom. Big story about him. I mean, it's a big story that they focused on a, on a tiny aspect of his life. Can you guess which aspect of his life they focused on? Yeah. <laughs> which is why I retweeted the oink from the official Frank feed today. The oink. Uh, comic um, was it Tizer and Frazzles behind the scenes of Frank Sidebottom? There's the stories about him being a cokehead. Yeah, I know, I know, and it is in the film. It is in the film. And do you know what? I spoke to um, to Dave, Chris's mate, and I spoke to Steve, who was doing the film, and I, I, I said, "It's Frank Sidebottom in the Sun." Do you know what? That's going to sell some tickets. It's, it's, you know, and it is part of the story. So uh, I was, I was kind of thrilled to see him. Getting coverage like that. I hope people go and see this film, man, because it's such a good movie. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. The late night alternative. I'm Ian Lee. Who the hell are you? Catherine Boyle. We got Amy on the phone tonight. Amy, because Sam is uh, part time out because he can't handle the pace. He's a snowflake. Um, so the way it works, you give us a call. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. You'll speak to Amy. She will take your name and number. That's all we need from them. She will then call you back. This call is on us. Busy show tonight. Who have we got at eleven? Well. <coughs> With uh, an extra special way of raising the dead, it's the Paranormal Porn Stars. Paranormal Porn Stars. And their show is called Paranormal Porn Stars, and it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, they've done a pilot. Uh, I've got some tips uh, for them. That wasn't part of their work. We'll I've got some tips for them. Um, <laughs> I bet you have. Steady. Um, it's, it, it's, an amazing, it's an amazing show. We, we didn't have time to watch it all. We watched about half of it. We skipped through bits. It's an amazing show. They need to work on, their, on the microphones. They're not used to recording actual dialogue in movies but apart from that it's cracking literally um (laughs) they're they're coming on um oh but did did you now 
I, Sunday night for me is a great night for radio. Mm-hmm. Bob Mills, 7 till 10. Howard Hughes, 10 till 1. And I listened to Howard. I fell asleep listening to Howard Hughes. I can't remember who he had on. Um, but Bob Mills, three-hour special, Russell Brand. Yeah. Did you hear any of I it? I heard some, yeah. Right. When you were listening to it, did you, what were you listening to? On the app or? No, on the radio. Right. Could you hear talk sport in the background? No. Could you not? No. Could it? Could anyone, right, anyone who listened to, because I love Bob Mills' show. Did you listen to it on the app? Listen to it on the app. No, and here's the thing. I listened to it on the app. And, oh, I don't, you know, they did that annoying thing. It's pre-recorded, right? It's a whole three hours. It's a great interview. I like Russell a lot. Um, I did that thing where they repeated one quarter up straight after, went, did 15 minutes, went to the ads, came back, played the same 15 minutes. Bad editing. Oh, no. Bad editing. But I was listening on the app. Can someone phone in and, and back me up on this or not? And I could hear, very faintly in the background, talk sport. Then when Howard started at 10, you couldn't hear it, which made me think. Let's go Let's go to the... Um, stay there, Alan. We'll come to you in a bit. It's going to be one of those shows tonight. We're doing a scavenger hunt as well. We need things. www.talkradio. Of course, the, the, as we know, the station name is... is what is it changing to? Talk News? News Talk, I think it's changing is to. It? I think so. Chris Evans said it the other day. And a load of assholes on Digital Spy picked up on it and said my broadcasting career was over. And then, when I tell them to F off and call them C's, I get booted off my own page on Digital Spy. Where's the justice in that? I was laughing so much at this forum. Basically, said you know, if, if, if it changes his name, if it changes name to News Talk, that's how thick you are. If it changes his name to News Talk, Ian's career, Ian's broadcasting career is over. And another guy, uh, apparently, it's Isambard Kingdom Brunel, Gosh. posted, yeah, because he's burnt all his bridges everywhere. He'll never get a job elsewhere. Well, he knows about bridges. He, he knows about them bridges. So I went on. And I was laughing so much. I was honestly, I was in hysterics. It really cheered me up. I've had a miserable weekend, and this cheered me up. And I just went on there and went. Oh, F off, you C's. <laughs> I just typed it. And it comes up on, on Digital Spy, which really is a cesspit for the assholes of humanity. Uh, it comes up as asterisks. Asterisks? Yes. So it just, it just says four stars, you four stars. Right? We, we, uh, no, which was, no, four stars off, you four stars, which was F off, you C's. And I did it a couple of times to call people. And then I, got, I think I'm banned from posting on my own page. Oh, God. Right. So if we go to talk radio, listen again to every show. So we go, it's very, it's not as complicated as it used to be. So we go to Sunday, the 10th of February. Uh, Let's go to Bob Mills. Listen again. Um, I've got done the wrong thing. Hang on. Listen again, Bob Mills. Uh, And let's just pick uh, 9.30 till 10. My dog would be on the rock. And she'd be holding a tablet which had the names of my wife and my son and my daughter. And it would it'd go from the shoulder down to the elbow, uh, and that would be it. Uh, and we, we, we agreed on the design, and then he said, well, I'll start now. Uh, Josh Ian got to the final of it, was quite drunk. Oh. Arthur oh. Smith hosting it, and I was in a misused Arthur Smith's dressing room prior to that <laughs> event. But <laughs> no, no, can't no, hear it then. you'd have done with it. Heard it on the app, isn't that funny? Then it stopped when Howard's thing started. Uh, scavenger hunt tonight, guys. We need this. We need this by one o'clock. Otherwise, um... Uh, okay. So I broke my toilet last night. I, I, I cleaned... Blimey. Yeah, no, not like that. I, um... Um... I, I can't... I, it's dawned on me. I can't afford to get those ba- those bathrooms redone for, like, years. So I thought, I'm going to scrub them. going to give them a good scrub and clean them. And so I clean them, and I clean the toilet, and I clean the shower. It doesn't look any different, you know, but it's 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 kind of better. 
And then when I was going to bed last night, I had a really bad headache. And um, the flush on the toilet had gone. I was like, ah, oh, bugger. And it's one of those ones that's got dual flush on the top. And I couldn't get it off. And there's supposed to be a screw in there and there isn't. So I just yanked it off, right? But it caused quite a bit of damage. And uh, couldn't, anyway, the, the flush is, is, was, was knackered, the internal mechanism, right? Oh, jeez. This is what a day. And I was getting a migraine trying to fix it. I think, what a day. What a day. So I posted on a Facebook page, any cheap, reliable plumbers that can come and have a look at my system. And this guy posted, he said, I can do it. And it's the first guy. And I went, all right, man, come around tomorrow morning if you can and have a look. And he came and he, he was there for 35 minutes, right? And he half fixed it. So it's got, I can do the big flush for number twos. I can't do the small flush. Oh, well, that's right? important. There's something. 35 minutes, right? 35. Get this, guys. Get this. 35 minutes. This plumber was in my house for fixing, half fixing my toilet. Have a guess how much this gentleman charged. 100? Keep guessing. No. Come on. Keep guessing. That's an expensive poo. Uh, 150? Keep guessing. No. Keep guessing. 200? No, it was £30, which I thought was oh. very, very reasonable. <laughs> Excellent. I thought it was very reasonable to the point where he said, I said, oh, how much is that going to be? He said, that's 30 quid. I went, are you sure? I thought it'd be more. 30 quid? I thought start at 100. No, I thought that. I was thinking, I was thinking, First if it's all, do it, very rare that they come the next day. Yes. I was thinking if he can do it for under 150 quid, I'll do it. Otherwise, yeah. I'll, I'll shit in a bucket. Um, and, it, and and he was fixing it. I was thinking, oh, God, he's fi-. It's a really nice bloke, actually. A bloke called Ross. And, hello, Ross. Hello, Ross. 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 And he was fixing it. I thought, oh, he started fixing it. Oh, no. And basically, he was rebuilding the thing that I damaged. He was rebuilding it. I got always in, we had a lovely chat, both divorced gentlemen. So there was no harm in making love afterwards. No, there was both divorced gentlemen. We were chatting about the divorce and kids and life and stuff like that. And then he, I said, I was, I was in this tiny little ensuite, very close watching. I said, I'm going to go downstairs and send some emails while you do that. I didn't have any emails. I just went and fannied about. And he came down. I said, have you done it? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, no, you haven't. He said, yeah, go and have a look. I've done it. He said, I couldn't do the small flush, but I did the big flush. And it, it works. It takes a long time to fill up. I don't know what that's about. You've got a water pressure problem there. But it, it, it flushes. I went, it flushed. I was thinking, oh, God, and he's fixed it now. I'm, I'm in. How much is that going to be? He said, well, just, you know, standard call-out fee, 30 quid. Standard call-out fee, 30 quid? I've had plumbers come out and it's cost 100 quid for yeah. them to come out. Yeah. On top of what? I once, I once, when I moved into a, um, uh, the first house that me and my wife bought together in North London, bizarrely it had a downstairs toilet and there was a bath in there. I know! There was a bath in the downstairs toilet, right? It's like a, like a three-quarter length bath. And we had to get, the day we moved in, we had to get the walls dry, was it dry roasted? No. What's it called? Dry mounted? No. Dry walled, stone walled. We had to, anyway, we had to do that. Dry roll. Do we have to do something? But the bath was in the way. And they said, we can't do that. And I said, oh, jeez, you're joking. I said, do you know, I said, if I get a plumber out now and he takes so out. lined. Thank you. And they said, here's a plumber that we recommend, right? So I got this plumber, I phoned this plumber out. I said, how much would it be just to take a bath out? Of, uh, no, it was the toilet. The toilet we needed taken out. I said, how much do we take to take the toilet out? He said, oh, it'd be 100 quid. I was like, I needed it done then. I said, right, fine, come round. So then he comes round, right, and he's fanning about. And it took him, took him 15 minutes, right, 15 minutes 
And he came out and he said, yeah. He took it out. He said, that was tougher than I thought. That's going to be 200. What? I went, excuse me? He said, yeah, that was tougher than I thought. It was going to be 200. I said, you've been here 15 minutes. Also, before you yeah. undertake a more expensive piece of work, you're yeah. supposed to ask, aren't you? Yeah. And I said, and he, and he took it. So he took the toy. I said, right. And I, and I was getting the checkbook. Right. It was a check. Getting the checkbook to write a check. And I was like, okay. Just out of interest, how much is it going to be to come and put the toilet back? He said, it'll be another 200. I said, get, get the F out of my house. I chucked him out. I said, get the F out of my house. He went, what? I said, You're take, you are taking the piss. Now, 200 quid. All right, get it. It's an emergency call. You, we called you two hours ago. You've come in. You could class that as an emergency. You said 100. You're charging 200. That, to me, is daylight robbery. But now you're saying to come back and, and put it? That's, 200, that's an 80 quid job top to, just to fix the toilet. He said, mate, mate, I don't know what... Listen, I don't, I'm not trying to rip you off. I said, you're a thief. Get out of my house. I'll write this cheque when you're out of my house. Furious. And then, we, then I wrote him the cheque, and I, I kind of handed it, threw it at him. And he picked it up off the floor, and he said, well, listen, let's not leave on hard feelings. Let's shake hands. I said, why don't you F off? And I slammed the door in his face. I was furious. 15 minutes. It was harder than he thought, and he charged double the price. He would have been done in seven minutes, would he? Scumbag. Uh, right. Alan, stay there. 0344 499 1000. We've got a scavenger hunt on, guys. A lot of things we need before one o'clock. This is the Late Night Alternative on Talk Radio. Uncut after-hours conversation for the up-all-night generation. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Oh, 344-499-1000 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, you'd be very, very welcome. We've got a scavenger hunt, so we need all of these things. We've got ten things that we need by 1am. 1, 1 and to make, make it harder, we've, um, we've got uh, porn paranormal porn hunters coming on at 11. So this is what we need. That is going to make it harder. We need a gong. These are the things for the scavenger hunt, OK? A gong. Someone who's been on TV, a talking pet, a drum solo, an extravagance, an outrageous lie, a Steve, a Claire, C-L-A-I-R-E, a baby, and a couple named Steve and Claire, but Claire in the couple is spelt C-L-A-R-E. Uh, let's go to our first call, and so far, let's be honest, our only caller, it's Alan Caddick. Good evening, Alan. Oh, You're piss kidding off. me. You, you, you have not fallen asleep. No, you have not fallen asleep in the 20 minutes you've been waiting to come on. I mean, it sounds like a lot like someone who's asleep. Alan, tonight's show is designed... <laughs> is he doing like a, No, he's doing a Scooby-Doo run. He's hung up. Hello? Incredible. He, what the heck? That was either the most audacious piece of performance art or the rudest guy I've ever had the misfortune to have on my show. Let's go through the scavenger hunt things again. 0344 499 1000. You can call in about other stuff as well. Normal, normal, normal show. Got some great podcast recommendations for you. Some great ones. Um, these are the ten things we need. A gong. <coughs> Excuse me. Someone who's been on TV. A talking pet. A drum solo. An extravagance, an outrageous lie, a Steve, a Claire, C-L-A-I-R-E, a baby, a couple called Steve and Claire, C-L-A-R-E, 0344-499-1000. Now, uh, we have got, coming up on Thursday's show, we've got yeah. two guests, uh -huh. I've just found out, I forgot, 
So we've got Chris Warburton coming on to talk about his podcast, Wake Up to Waco, which is... End of days, it's called. Okay, I mean, it's great. It's, it's a five live podcast. It's good. About the uh, 29 English people who were in I, I the compound... Well, I think they're English. They're yeah. in the compound at Waco. We don't, we don't know they're English, actually, not British. So I'm going to go with British. Uh, it's a great podcast. Eight episodes. You can do it by then. So go and, go and download that and have a listen to that. Uh, but then we've also got... Now, here's the thing. Here's the find. I've been trying to find new things to listen to because I'm kind of bored of... I'm bored of my usual podcasts. My, my usual podcasts don't do very many episodes. So the things like um, the Paul McCartney one, Take It Away, and The Clones Cast and uh, Office Hours with Tim Heidecker. They do them, like, once... If I'm lucky, once a week. Generally, it's, like, maybe once a month. So I'm kind of ch- chumping at the bit for new stuff. And um, so I've just been trying some random bits and pieces, uh, and I found a couple of doozies for you. The first one, the first one... M- one of my favourite films, True Stories, directed by David Byrne, OK? It's this weird 80s um, art house film that didn't really do much business, but it's great. Um... It's where the band Radiohead got their their name from. More on that in a minute. And it's finally come out on Criterion Collection DVD, Blu-ray. And it's got loads of extras on it. So I've watched the behind the scenes. I've watched the making of. I've watched the la la la. And it's really got me interested in two guys that connected with it. One is a gentleman called Spalding Gray. He's an actor in the film. He plays the mayor. Spalding Gray is fascinating. He's a performance artist, right? Um, and he made a series of films that are monologues, just him sat behind a desk. One of them, which I've seen half of, is Swimming to Cambodia, about his time filming a small part in the movie The Killing Fields. There's another one um, called um, Grey's Anatomy, and there's another one that's got box in the title, which I think is the one Nick Broomfield made. He's fascinating, right? And I've ordered a documentary about him. It's my one extravagance I've allowed myself... And uh, just incredible, incredible stuff, right? Not for everyone, but incredible. But then there's a guy in the making of who's credited as the writer of True Story. Stay with me, guys, because this is he's a guest on the show on Thursday. And I think his podcast that he stopped doing about a year ago is incredible. I listened to four episodes, like four and a half hours of it this weekend. I know you listened to some, Kath. Yeah, loads. He's an actor called Stephen Tobolowski. It's an Owski. Remember that. Stephen Tobolowski, right? Name probably means nothing to you. Um, quick point of reference. You know in Groundhog Day, when that kind of nerdy guy with the glasses and the hat goes up to Bill Murray to try and sell him insurance, and I think at one point Bill punches him, yeah. and there are loads of things. Up. That's Stephen Tobolowski, right? He's in loads of stuff. He's in Memento. He's kind of looks like a slightly nerdy guy, probably in his early 60s now, sort of round head, bald, quite often wears uh, thick glasses, You'd recognise him. Apparently he's in the Goldbergs at the moment, a show I've not seen too many episodes of. Um, Well, he is down as the writer of this movie, True Stories. Pete Gatford, Eddie, stay there, I'll come to you in a second. And he says in the the behind-the-scenes thing, I'm down as the writer, but I didn't really write it. And for some reason, I just just Googled him. I just Googled him uh, the weekend because I was bored. And I found he does this, this amazing, this amazing podcast. Sorry? Sorry, I've got a really um, tickly throat. Yeah, me too. Um, he does this amazing podcast called The Tobolowski Files. T-O-B-O-L-O-W-S-K-Y. And they're about an hour long each. There's 80 of them. And they are... It's him telling the most beautiful, 
messed up, spooky, frustrating, bizarre stories from his life. Every single one is true. About him being an actor, about him being a writer, a director, a lover, a drug taker. You're right. Yeah, do you need... Okay. Um, it, and he tells these stories in just the most... Oh, just the most amazing ways. I'm going to play you a bit now, and then we'll take the calls, right? You can get this on iTunes and all your usual bits and pieces. I'm going to play, th- play you a bit now. This is him talking about taking cocaine. It's not all druggy, right? But as a, as a cocaine addict myself, a heavy cocaine user, um, to he- I'm always fascinated, partly, you know, in a sort of um, voyeuristic way, but partly because partly it excites me, if I'm honest. It gets the old nostrils flaring, but partly because... Um, uh, I like hearing other people's experience with that drug in particular. He talks about taking cocaine, just very briefly. And I thought, whoa. I have never, in all of my years, I've never heard it described like that. And it's incredible. So just have a little listen to this. This is from episode 44 of the Tobolowski, Tobolowski Files, the episode where he talks about true stories. And this is... Uh... Started taking story notes beside each one. There we go. There was the wannabe country singer, the computer guy... The psychic, the scientist. From my point of view, David had already provided the method. Just in talking about the character. Now, the I was going to try to provide the method. During those years, I felt like it was never enough to feel great about your life. There wasn't anything beautiful enough or inspiring enough. There was never a success that was satisfying enough that didn't call for some sort of augmentation from the chemical world. There we go. Taking drugs is one of the highest forms of selfishness. It only wears the clothes of celebration, but at its heart, it separates, it isolates. It is a thief. It only wears the clothes of celebration. My God! What a line! I interrupted at a really uh, annoying point. Let me go back um, 10 seconds, because what he's about to say is great. Enough to feel great about your life. There wasn't anything beautiful enough or inspiring enough. There was never a success that was satisfying enough that didn't call for some sort of augmentation from the chemical world. Taking drugs is one of the highest forms of selfishness. It only wears the clothes of celebration, but at its heart, it separates, it isolates. It is a thief. It steals you from you. Right before David arrived, I ran to my room David and took Burnley's a little about. hit of cocaine. And I began to feel its numbing effect combined with what seemed to be the energy of a train jumping from the tracks. But it wasn't real energy. It was borrowed from my future life, and it would have to be repaid with interest. Oh! I got chills then. It wasn't real energy. It was borrowed from my future self, and it would have to be repaid with interest as a cocaine user a former cocaine user oh, that blew my mind i got i've got, got goosebumps it blew my mind the whole thing isn't about drugs at all it, it was weird that this kind of popped up in it it's such a good podcast it's like a really lovely man telling you these wonderful stories about acting but then they just take these weird bizarre ones the one you listen to about the the, the cook trying to yeah. murder them so there's one where he's um acting in rep um, doing Shakespeare, uh, Midsummer Night's Dream, and he's playing Bottom. But he's also helping out with the cook, uh, with the catering, and the cook is really kind of... Guy um, called Vince. He's an ex, <laughs> ex-naval man. Yeah. And very angry about everything. 
and uh, it turns out that Vince puts rat poison in the chili, and so they all end up really sick, and and they're throwing up, and they're throwing up on stage. Some of them can't get off stage in time, and he's throwing up halfway through his monologue, yeah. and then turning around, and the audience still still sitting it, there. He, t- he tells it in such a funny way. Honestly, it's such a good podcast. If only one of you listens to it and and, and digs it, I, I know I tweeted it, and a couple of you went, oh, "I've been listening to that for years," and he's great. He's coming on on Thursday, 11 o'clock. I cannot wait. I mean, I don't even know what we're going to talk about. I'm, I'm going to pick his brains a bit about Spalding Grey and a little bit about True <coughs> Stories because that's kind of my jam at the moment. <coughs> and just see if he's get his memories on Spalding Grey. Um, and then I don't know where we're going to go. I, I mean, do we mention Memento? Do we mention Groundhog Day? Do we? I don't know where we go. Well, it feels to me like you mentioned the film once and he'll tell you a <laughs> half-hour story about it. I've had the most charming email exchange with him. Just I emailed him on a Sunday on a whim. And he replied like ten minutes later, I'm sure we can work something out. When would you like me? It's like, whoa! At the end of every single one of these podcasts, he tells you how you can email him. Yeah, I, I, it's honestly, it's so, so good. I've got another podcast for you later on as well, but I've been rattling on for ages. So we're going to put the trail and the ads together, and we're going to take some calls. 0344 499 Pete, you were first. What have you got for us, Pete? Hello, yeah. I mean, first off, I think you should mainly talk to him about his role in the unaired Buffy the Vampire Slayer pilot. Oh, yes, he was. He was. He was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the pilot. He didn't want to do it, <laughs> and he was kind of... Pers- well, do you, you, you know about it then, Pete? No, no, I only know he was in it. He was in it, he didn't want to do it, and um, the guy said, well, just, it might be quite a big series, you never know. And he said, well, look, I'd, honestly, I'm, I'm committed to doing this other series, and it sounds a little bit silly, I don't know if I want to get involved. I'll do the pilot. Of course, the pilot becomes Buffy, and they said, well, do you want to be in the series? I'm, I'm sorry, I've committed to this thing. The thing that he was in lasted nine episodes, Buffy went on for 15 years, so yes. Although, the ca- the character that he played <laughs> got killed off six episodes in, so, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, well, then maybe, maybe he made the right choice. He is fascinating, absolutely fascinating, and I'm so thrilled he's coming on. Go as on, much Kath. as anything, it's the voice, because he kind of tells it with his slight Texas oh, drawl. Doesn't he? Just, it just really kind of just rocks you along, doesn't it? Oh, and he's psychic. Yeah. He's genuinely psychic. And, and you know what I'm like for calling bullshine on all this stuff? Convinced me. He tells the story. He, 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 it's going to be. It's going to be some guest. It's going to be guest of the year. I'm thinking. Anyway, Pete, what can, have you got? Something for the scavenger hunt? I have indeed. Yeah, yes. I, I believe one of them was. I've been on telly. Yes, go on. I I have been on telly. Beautiful. Um, T- give us the details. We need to back this up. Give us. Give us <laughs> the deets. There's been a few. I mean, the, the most prominent one, I guess, is I was an extra in an episode of the IT Crowd. Were um, you? I was. A show that I auditioned for and didn't get on. Wow, you beat me. <laughs> well, the, the countdown episodes, if, if you know it. I've never seen um, it. But I, they needed a club full of nerds, so they put something out on the, the Twitter and were like, you know, can you come dressed as nerds to... Well, hang on a location. second, Pete. Hang on a second, Pete. When you watched the episode, could you clearly see it was you? Yes. You sure? Uh, I, I, every now and then, I, I have people I've only known sort of... Uh, Whenever I know, get to know someone, within a couple of months, they'll message me and say, Pete, were you in the IT crowd? No way! Pete, it's on yeah. the list, it's on the list, dude! We got the scavenger hunt is up and running! <laughs> yeah, Google the uh, kick-ass and drink, drink milk scene, and I'm very prominent behind what, the what, baddie. What have I got to type in? Uh, kick-ass and drink milk. Kick-ass and drink milk IT crowd. Let's have a little look, sees. What you what you wearing? A uh, che- white check shirt. I mean, yeah, you'll you'll see me. Hey, it's Pete. 
Here's Pete, you got a tie on. Here's Pete! (laughs) Oh, Pete. Pete, I forgive you for all those times you've tried to publicly shame me um, over Doctor Who and other science fiction things. You are forgiven. Thank you for being wrong. (laughs) Thanks for your call, Pete. It's nice talking to you. Goodbye. That was a nerd burn. (laughs) It's Pete! I mean, it comes to our shows! It really is him. Oh, the scavenger hunt is up and running, dear listener. So that one's gone. Someone who's been on TV. Thank you, Pete. That is appreciated. We've still got a gong, a talking pet, a drum solo, an extravagance, an outrageous lie, a Steve, a Claire, C-L-A-I-R-E, a baby, and a couple called Steve and Claire, but Claire there has to be spelled C-L-A-R-E. Good evening, Eddie. Oh. Hello, Ian. Good evening. Good evening, Eddie. How are you? I'm fine. Are you near the phone? You're very quiet. Uh, yeah, no, I've just gone off speaker and back onto putting it next to my ear because I was on hold for quite a while, but that's not a... You could be on hold for a little bit longer with that attitude. <laughs> <coughs> What's wrong with you, Boily? Boily's dying. It's the air con, I think. Well, the air con's off, mate. It's drying me right it's out. Off, so why don't you put the air con on? <coughs> oh, dear me. She's being in trouble tonight. She, gets, she did yeah. a show on her own on Friday and she thinks yeah. everyone owes her a living. Absolutely. What have you got for us tonight, Eddie? Well, I was gonna, I was gonna say, I was gonna use the "I've been on telly" thing, but that gone now, and you don't want any more. Well, let's hear your story. Let's see if well, it's. I went I got... on, do you remember? Do you remember a show with Chris Tarrant called "Man Oh Man"? <laughs> yeah, when in when the... the ladies would push men into the swimming pool. Exactly. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, and I went on that. I was wor- I was a young. I was twenty. I think I was about twenty-one at the time. Okay. I was working in a pub in Clapham North of the railway, and these TV producers came in all sort of braying and confident and cocky and they asked me if I wanted to do it Uh, and they used sort of clever words like we'd like to cast you and we'll send a car for you and all this kind of stuff hang on clever words like car casting (laughs) (laughs) as in we'd like to cast car I'm in (laughs) this sounds good car Oh, car! It's a magic wagon. What is this? <laughs> but there's no, but there's no horse at the front. What oh, is no. it? <laughs> Science. <laughs> God, sorry. It's all right, mate. You're <laughs> quite finished. <laughs> I've got a little bit more, if you don't mind. But, Go on. but I got in it and I get out somewhere else. What is it? Magic. <laughs> I finished now, Eddie. Where you going? Oh, That's God. all right. I, I was hoping this would be sort of therapeutic, but you're, you're making my experience on man. You're, put, you're pushing him in the pool again. <laughs> you are pushing me. You're Sean Lloyd all over again. Did you, hang on, Sean Lloyd pushed you in, in the <laughs> pool. Sean Lloyd, the weather girl, pushed me in the pool after I sung. I was a fireman at the time, working part time in a pub, so oh. I went on. No man dressed in my fire gear. Oh, she did. No. I sung "Relight My Fire." Oh! <laughs> one of one of Britain's actual heroes being forced to perform yeah. like a monkey for Sean Lloyd. Absolutely right, and then pushed in a swimming pool afterwards. But it was such an awful experience. You'll you'll know more about it than me in terms of you know t- how TV works. Yeah. But I knew nothing about it, and it was sort of seven in the morning pick up. No. Up to the studios in Wembley and rehearse, 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 rehearse all day long. No, there really? were rehearsals for that. For and Man then, Oh Man. Yeah, we we were there for about ten hours, and they told us there was a big party at the end and loads of free booze. And the free booze was three warm bottles of Budweiser, and then they just want you out. Of course, as quick as possible. did you not get any any? And do you not get any money for that or anything? No, 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 no. Oh, no. That's, no. that's a terrible... In all seriousness, that's a terrible way to treat human beings. That's a terrible way to treat our fire service, isn't it? Come on. <laughs> no, seriously. A bit of respect for actual heroes. Yeah, but, they, I mean, you know, you live and learn, don't you? You just you 
you cut you cotton on afterwards. You just think, well, you're just a bit of meat for a television program. Yes. They've got to fill a schedule. Yes. They've got to get things done in a certain time. Why would they lay on a a big party for you. All the girls who came in yeah. to the studio for, to form the audience, they were all pissed out of their heads, absolutely pie-eyed. Well, of they were course like they were. Coach after coach after coach <laughs> of pen parties. They'd thrown they throw a net into Weatherspoons. Say again? <laughs> they'd thrown a net into Weatherspoons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did you not get any... Did you not get any kind of um, phone numbers or anything, if you know what I mean? No, you didn't get to speak to any girls because no. they were herded in and then herded out as soon as the filming had finished. And then um, you are put in a car at the end with three bottles of warm Budweiser and sent on your way. Well, they didn't the even end. let it's you sit down and drink the beer. They made you do it on the move. Um, you, I think we sort of sat around and had one, but the, the idea was that here's your beer, thanks very much, <gasps> now you can go. No. It was a... It was a it was just it was just awful. It was worth doing. It was well, it wasn't worth doing at all. But once you've done it, you live and learn. But it was just dreadful. It really was awful. That's amazing. Um, well, um, now the other the other yeah. thing I wanted to talk, I've noticed with 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 great interest you're doing a rabbit hole show. Yes. In Shaftesbury Dorset. Oh, mate, listen. Yes, for those who don't know, we we are playing. Catherine and I are doing a lunchtime show on the sixth yes. of July at 6th the Shaftesbury Art Centre. Yes, now that is my hometown. You're joking. You better come, no, man. Was, we'll send a car. Shaftesbury <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is a very quirky little town. I imagine you guys will just go in, do your bit and get out. But it's a very interesting, quirky little... It doesn't want for tea rooms. And it's where Gold Hill is, where the Hobbit advert was filmed. Oh, really? Yes, I don't, listen, I, I don't know it at all. Here's the plan, because I think we're doing it. It's one, it's one, one o'clock or one thirty. We've got to get in. We got to. to right. It's all part of the, the shaft. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Oh, really tickly. Glass of water. Ew, she's got water. She's got strepsils, and she's still coughing and trying to ruin the show for us. Yeah. Um, so they're doing. There's like an arts. There's a fringe. A, a fringe yeah. over the weekend, and um, oh, I, saw that. I, I said. Idea. Yeah, I sent them a little line saying we'd love to come and perform, and they said, well, these are the venues, this is it. So I booked me and Kath in, got no idea right. if we got an audience there, but I had to do an interview for it um, right. yesterday, right? And this guy phoned up and he said, hello, Ian. I won't do the voice. Well, no, hello, Ian. Um, just to say, Shaftesbury is buzzing at the thought of you guys coming <laughs> in. I said, are you joking? He said, we're the talk of the tea rooms. We're, we're buzzing. He said, we're buzzing. I said, you're joking. He said, oh, no, no, no. You're the biggest name to be part of this fringe. I'm going, oh, no! Our yeah, show's rubbish! Be so disappointed. Our show's rubbish! There's, there's like, proper commit. But here's the thing. Um, I think we're going we're gonna to do our show here on a Friday night. Yeah. Um, we're going to drive up, kind of, t- t- Saturday morning, set up, do yeah. the thing, do the thing. Uh, and I think it would, I think we'll, we'll have to stick around and have some lunch. Stick around afterwards. Yeah to shake hands and say hello, stick around and have some lunch, and I think we should go and see another show, Kath. I think we should have a look, That'd see what else is on, yeah. and go and see another yeah. show and kind of immerse ourselves and support these small, these smaller fringes. Yeah, I, well, I think it's great. I mean, it, it's, it's a very, very small place. It's, it's, like, it, it's like the land that time forgot, and there's the sort of gentlemen's outfitters there, which haven't moved since the 70s. It's like... Beautiful. And tea rooms and coffee shops. But there's a place at the top of Gold Hill where you, where you can have lunch and look down Gold Hill. Do they have Costas? Um, Starbucks? Yes, they do have a Costas. Perfect, then I'm sorted then. I, I would like to try a local Starbucks and <laughs> see what it's like. Got a star- I think they've got a Costa. I don't think they've got a Starbucks. <laughs> I know, I'll give you, you tell us what tea rooms to go into. Me and Kath will go and have a nice, nice um, afternoon yeah, green yeah, tea. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, Eddie, <laughs> well, you, be- can... you better bloody come, mate. Well, I'll tell you what, I've got seasonal driving, chauffeuring work in the summer, and I'm just looking at when that's likely to be. They come over in, in July, but if we've they're got, not over by then, uh, I'm going to be there, because my dad still lives there. We've got one fan 
who lives there, and, and he's he not sure not whether come. he's going to come. Unbelievable. Well, I don't live. I live in London now. I'm a, I'm a London cabbie. All right. But all I, right. that is my hometown. That's where I'm from. All right. Originally, you see. So it's very interesting to see. All right. Nice one, Eddie. Thanks for and, mentioning it. We'll, and listen, we'll speak right, to you mate. soon. Take care, fella. Bye bye. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Honestly, we've, the guy phoned up. Really nice interview. Really nice guy. Got a couple of mutual friends, or one mutual friend. Um, and he said, um, Shaftesbury's buzzing at the uh, thought of you guys coming. You really, buzzing. you really are the talk of the town. We're the talk of Shaftesbury. I can't believe it. <laughs> he said it's a quiet place. <laughs> if you want to see where we're playing, me and Kath, ianlee.com slash event. Uh, we've got tickets for, uh, what, which tickets are up at the moment? Shaftesbury, um, London, Luton, Manchester. There's only uh, 23 tickets left for Manchester. There is Brighton. And um, Belfast and Glasgow aren't up there yet. I need to sort the Glasgow ones. I can do that tomorrow. Um, ianlee.com slash event. Gatford, Sloop John B, stay there. This is the Late Night Alternative Scavenger Hunt Special. The Wild Man of Late Night Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Evening, Gatford. Evening, boss. Um, I think I may have misheard the topic. Oh, God. Because I thought you said someone who's gonna be on television. No, 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 not even cl- no. not even close. No, but but I am. Okay, right, right. Okay, you suppose suppose we have to put out of manners. We have to yeah. ask why. Well, I, I'm going to be on a, a, a quiz program. Just... Fifteen to one. Oh, dear. So that's actually going to. So those other guys who weren't. No, I mean, it's actually going to be my name. On... Okay, let's go. Let's go to Sloop John B. Good evening, Sloop. Hey, hello. I'm not going to ask how it is, and I'm looking forward to this 11 o'clock thing with the, uh, the porno yes. spooky people. Yes. But um, I just want to ask about the, you know, the book with the transcripts. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. I'm doing, yeah, I'm doing one right now, but I just want to make sure that you and Kath are all right with it. Go on. It's the one uh, from about a month ago, you know, with Rainbow George. Yeah. Ad hominem attacks, that one. Yeah, yeah, sure, do it. Yeah, I'm about, about, about 300 words into it, man, so I was going to do it. But have you come up with a title for this book? Not yet, Sloop. Have you got one? Yeah, Sally Smoke Alarm, the best oh, of the late night alternative. That could work. What that, do you think? That could work. Or maybe it's a little Thank bit too. Spe- maybe may- I'm, I'm being polite. No, no, it's a terrible title. It's a good idea. You just don't want to accept it because you'd have to give me credit. I'm, I'm accepting that it's not the greatest title I've ever heard in my life. All right, fine. Back to the drawing board. Back listen, to the uh, drawing board. Back, back to the drawing board, mate. But listen, where do I send this um, transcript when it's done, Catherine? To me, you send it to Catherine. Dot Boyle yeah. at talkradio.co.uk. You've got it. I will do that, man. And uh, it's, it's amazing. If you need anyone to perform that call ever, I think I've got it in my head. I've listened to it about 100 times. So, uh, yeah, I'll get that one sent in. All okay. right? Nice one, man. Thanks, brother. Yeah. See you later. Cheers, bye-bye. bye-bye. Um, 03444991000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. So this is what we're looking for on the <laughs> scavenger hunt. We're looking for a gong. We've got someone who's been on TV. That's Pete, who was in the IT crowd. Uh, a talking pet, a drum solo, an extravagance, an outrageous lie, a Steve, a Claire, a baby, and a couple called Steve and Claire. We need, we need, God damn it, we need to get all of these um, done by uh, one o'clock. Otherwise, there's going to be hell, hell to pay. Otherwise, the ASA are going to be after my ass as well. Um, <laughs> um, I don't think they'll be after that. You see, everyone was. Um, 
the, the, the Grammys, right? And um, Alicia Keys. I like Alicia Keys. I went and saw her in concert once. And everyone was going, do you see Alicia Keys play two pianos at once? You, everyone's like, it's amazing. But, but it's that's, not amazing. But she's a musician. But that's... But, but you use both hands on pianos anyway. So it's... That's... If anything, that's worse than playing one piano. She, all she's doing is just over there. So it's just... She's doing it with two hands. That doesn't make any sense. Don't you remember the 80s when people used to play, like, three keyboards, one on top yes. of the other? It, I was, people were like, the big, big old... Big old news story, uh, Alicia Keys, who's brilliant. I think she's brilliant. Um, Alicia Keys plays two pianos simultaneously. I'm like, well, so what? But you, you play... If you like playing two guitars at once, okay, suddenly I'm interested. Suddenly that's, 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 that's a unique skill. But um, uh, two pianos, you, you play a piano with both your hands doing different things anyway. So I'm sorry, Alicia. I'm, I'm very, very sorry. But I am, I am not going to uh, give you the credit that everybody else has been giving you so far. 0344 499 1000 is the phone number. If you can contribute to our scavenger hunt, that would be great. We've got other things to talk about. Complexifiers. Jesus was a Greek. Oh, Dennis from Dunstable. We'll talk about Dennis from Dunstable in a little bit, um, if you want. But, of course, as per usual, you are welcome to call in about absolutely anything um, that you want. You know the thing. You phone up, you speak to Amy, she takes your name and number and gives you a call straight back. It really is that simple. The phone number again, 0344. 499-1000 499-1000 is the telephone number. Catherine, who have we got coming up after 11? We have got Lee, Mitch and Haley, also known as the Paranormal Porn Stars. Lee, I'm writing these names down because I will forget because I'm an idiot. Lee, Mitch and Haley. This is the Late Night Alternative, weeknights from 10 with Ian Lee and Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Who has made a covenant with the night and with the darkness he is in a Remake. Uncut after hours conversation for the up all night generation. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Now, where did you find out about these people? This is the late night alternative, oh. Ian and Catherine Ball. Was this from Chat It's Fate? It's from Chat It's Fate, the my Christmas greatest, present. The world's greatest magazine, dear listener. If you've not if you're not subscribed to it, what, what the hell are you doing? The first issue I got was February's. Yes. Um, and I got that in December. Yeah. And as I was reading it, there was one story that leapt out in particular, and it was this one. It was the uh, group of porn stars, yep. I believe from Birmingham, okay. who had heard <coughs> unexplained noises emanating from various parts, un- uninhabited parts of, of, their their studi- of their studios. The studios. So they turned investigators. So we've got Lee and Mitch, who are brothers, and yep. Haley. I think we've... Uh, Who's one of the actors? I think we've got them now. Lee and Mitch, are you there? Hello there. Yeah, we're here with you. Lovely. And Hayley, Hayley, I think we've got you on a separate line. Are you there? I certainly am, yeah. Beautiful. Hey, listen, it's so nice to talk to you guys. We watch your... Now, if people want to see this show, there's a, there's a, one episode, a pilot episode. It's up on um, Amazon Prime. Um, and, it, and it is called Paranormal Porn Stars, isn't it, Hayley? It is indeed, yeah. Right. Um, t- tell us now. Have any of you got the gift, or is it just that this this venue is haunted? How, uh, Mitch, let's start with you. How did this all start? Um, well, basically, we um, moved into a new premises on our studio. Um, we had weird things going on, so we got a bit of equipment, did a little bit of investigating, started getting a few things, and um, we started recording it. For it was a cracking idea what we had, so yeah. we 
into a show. Now, nice and simple. Now, what is, Lee, what is the equipment you've got? Because I'm going to play a clip in a second. You've got a machine, Lee, that allows the dead people, the ghosts, to speak to you. What the hell is that? Uh, well, that's an SP7 spirit box. Um, it basically scans through the radio frequencies. And, um, obviously, you do get uh, potentially spirit voices coming through. Okay. Um, I'm going to play a clip now. This is from your show, and uh, this kind of... Let me just... Hang on, I've got to mute something here, because I've got two things going on at once. Right, let me play a bit. This is from your show. This is um, um, the spirit box being used by two of the the young women. Here we go. Right, I'll get my tips up for you, but you can't give us a sign. (laughs) One seat in the tips. How much do you want to see them? A lot. A lot. Or really bad. Is that better? Yeah, fair enough. I've had two. This is just got a whole lot here. Now, now, Mitch, who was who was? Remind me, who was that who um, was getting their tits out for the ghosts? Uh, that would be Tindra Frost. She can't be with us today. She's up. Uh, she's over Canada at the moment, okay. doing a quick tour over there. So, okay. uh, but yeah, no, it was Tindra. Now, now, who was it? Was it because everyone was upstairs when that was happening? Was it Mitch who was downstairs? I think Lee was downstairs. And Lee was in the basement. You were missing all of it, Lee. <laughs> I know. I always miss all the fun, unfortunately. Hayley, <laughs> have you found that these ghosts are um, quite randy and um, like to see, you know, naked bits of the body? Honestly, um, we've only had one instant, really, where yeah. it's like, where it's more sexually active, if you like, whereas that's what topic they've chose. But on a general rule of thumb, actually not. Okay, they they like they they like. I imagine they're from the Victorian era, that which I think is when statistically most ghosts are from. That they like <laughs> they like people to keep their clothes on. Haley, do you believe in ghosts, or have you just been dragged into this by these by Lee and Mitch? Right, honestly, when I first um, when the guys first told me about it, they told me because I was I was sceptical, you know, like yeah. always that that thinking of. Is there something? Isn't there something? I'm not really quite sure. So when they invited me and we went down to their premises um, and it first started out, I was still still a bit jeebious. But yeah. after having so many sessions, now it's more intriguing to me where it's like, well, what actually is this? So are you, are you convinced? Because I know that... I'm very open-minded. Is Catherine, you're sceptical about yeah. the old ghosts and the I paranormal. I used to believe in it, but the more... I've watched... Lo- I used to love Most Haunted, and then you start to notice sort of patterns and stuff. So it takes a bit more to convince me these days. Are you convinced, yeah. Hayley? Um, from what I've seen, I'm convinced, yeah. From what, what... I say what I've seen, from what evidence that we've gathered, I don't actually 100% know what it is, yeah. but there's something. Some, something, is, something has put the willies up you. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, come on! I had to! I had to! <laughs> sorry, sorry, Lee. Sorry, Mitch, if that was your line, I was just stolen it. Um, so, OK, so, uh, Mitch, are you a believer? Have you always been a believer? Um, I've been intrigued by it. Again, I, I 
go along the lines of saying I've watched the shows and gone, that's fake. Yeah. And then you do it yourself. And that, you know, you can only really judge these things through personal experience. Yeah. Um, from, from what happens to you. Um, apart from that, you can't really convince somebody else if they don't want to believe. And is this happening? Um, is this ha- filmed in the studio where you do all the pornos? Because I noticed that there is a wide range. There's like a bed. There's a sofa. There's um, like a school desk. There's um, like a, what looks like some kind of bondage table. Is that where you where you kind of you you, you make the the movies? Um, it's it's one of the the set areas. Yeah, in the, in the first episode, we we do go to different locations where we've been given access to. Okay, and have investigated various other places, including. Um, Certain lifestyle clubs and venues. Oh, shut up now. You're not telling me that the fetish clubs are haunted. <laughs> Honestly, some of them are. Some of the, some of the best evidence we've got is coming out on for Extasia Nightclub episode. <laughs> which we're waiting to get uploaded right now. <laughs> it's, it's brilliant. Well, what, um, what, 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 um, what's going on there, then? I mean, you know we, what's going on uh, there. We've we got a vague idea, but what's going on after hours? Um, well... Voices, we, we captured a lot of voices. No. Um, the four of us got locked in the building by ourselves, nobody else in there with us. Um, and yeah, we're getting voices, we're getting bangs, we're getting things moving that shouldn't be moving. Hayley, it has and, to it has to be said that um, the blokes are dressed, you know, fully dressed in the program, and I it I, does look cold, it looks very, very cold in there, young lady. You should have a jumper on or something. She did have a jumper on. Well, yes. But um, there's a lot of, you know, I get the feeling this is a little bit one-sided, Hayley, in that the guys are dressed in jeans and shirts and stuff, and the, you girls, you've got quite short skirts on, we get to see your underwear a little bit. It's, do you not feel it's a little bit one-sided? To be really honest with you, if you actually, if everyone tunes into the show, yeah. um, I actually am fully clothed. You are, that's correct, you are, yes, well I done. No, it's, it's all good fun. It is all good fun, and we laughed. Me and Kath watched it, and we laughed a lot. I did. We did have one question about the. Yeah, when who, oh. I can't remember who it was. That it wasn't you, I don't think. That was strung up, and they were saying, "Touch me if you can, touch me if you're there," no. or something. <laughs> I did wonder. That is not classical ghost hunting techniques. I've never seen Derek Akora do that, but maybe that's why he's not had as much success as you, perhaps. Do you know when we when we first started the series? Yeah. Um, We've we've come a long way because we've learned a lot since we've been doing it. And all, all joking aside, and all the laughs and jokes, we are actually taking it quite seriously. Oh no, we can tell. We can tell. It's great. Um, it, it, how many episodes do you are there going to be in total? What's the what's the series going to be? Um, that is definitely a Lee question. Lee, Lee's, Lee, Lee's, Lee's the numbers guy, is he, Lee? <laughs> Uh, we've organised for about 10, I think. Uh, we've been to numerous locations. We've probably got two-thirds of the season in the bag already. Um, and obviously we're looking for the last few locations to sort of finish out the series now. OK. So and, and... Anybody out there that wants the paranormal porn stars to come and investigate their friends? <laughs> 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 I love that. I'm sure. I'm sure you'll get loads of loads of takers. Um, is there? So, the, would you say that the place that had the highest hit rate was this this sex club? Was that the spookiest place you've been in? Our studio, isn't it? our studio, or um, the name has nothing to do with us. The name is completely separate to us, but it fits beautifully. Yeah, it's a place that they call the Exorcist House. We found on on Twitter. It's a house up in Leicestershire. Yeah. 
and we found that was a, we we didn't capture a lot, but we um like Tindra was um she she, she was affected. She started crying in the middle of the investigation. Oh. I, was, I was made to be sick. I felt like I'd been pepper sprayed. Lee was knocked down with this stupid. Everybody got um affected some way or another. No, we didn't capture anything directly, but we all got physically affected. It was that was the strangest. I was all good though. They didn't affect me. <laughs> Haley was fine. <laughs> Haley got off uh, scot-free. And I did. Can I ask a question about your other job, the porn industry? Because um, I, I, uh, how is anyone making money out of porn these days? Because everything is free online. Surely things like um, uh, Pornhub and uh, these kind of websites, they're killing your business, aren't they? Do you, want, do you want my honest opinion? Yeah, go on. Right, OK. So as, as, as for my, myself and what I consider my, my job role, yeah. I am enough a porn star per se because i don't shoot for companies right. i own all our content we have my own website um we work in conjunction with sites like Pornhub. Yeah. and honestly to to begin with until until you get into the industry and you actually find figure out what it's all about Pornhub are there so they actually help because there's a lot of people that steal your content from your paid sites and then upload it. Yeah. But now Pornhub actually have a program which they work in conjunction with the models, so you actually get paid for the views. Ah, okay, right. So the the, the so the way it, it, its finance has shifted slightly then. Yes, but I mean, ultimately, my main job title is I am a webcam model, right. so I'm just on the fringes of porn, but I do. I do make content and I do make picture sets, but my main my main gig is a webcam model. Okay, um, Lee, uh, give us your Twitter, and if people want to find out more about the paranormal porn stars. Uh, where is the best place to go, and where can they see the episodes? Uh, well, the episodes now. Uh, the first pilot episode is live on Amazon Prime at the moment. It's free to view if you're a Prime member. Um, latest updates on their uh, content coming soon. You'll find us on Twitter, uh, Paranormal Porn Stars, or at Paranormal Porn. Lovely. All right, guys. Lee, Mitch, Haley. It's so nice to talk to you. Listen, you, you keep in touch. If you if you do come across anything that is like super spooky in the last few episodes you're filming, um, drop us a line. You're very welcome to come on any time. And uh, I wish you the best of luck with the series. No, well, thank you. Appreciate Thank you, guys. We, yeah, go on, Haley. Before we go, I've got to put my Twitter right out. Oh yeah, <laughs> go on. Let's have that. Come on, Haley. Let's have it. Um, Okay, mine's ms underscore Haley underscore B. Okay, give us that one more time because it was a little bit muffled at the end. Um, ms. Yep. Underscore. Yep. Haley underscore B. All right, lovely. Listen, thank you so much for coming on. We wish you the very best of luck with the series, the Paranormal Porn Stars. The show continues. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This is Talk Radio, the Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee, unfiltered night talk with the original king of unconventional conversation on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. That was fun and. Um... Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number if you uh, want to give us a call. That'll be interesting. Good evening, James. Well, so the main reason I called up um, was this morning I was listening to your good mate uh, James uh, O'Brien. Uh, I remember that guy. Yes, 
and a chap called in, and I thought, I recognise the voice of this nutter. I mean, I'm not, you know, there, there are a lot of nutters that call in uh, yes. LBC and other talk radio shows. Yes. And I thought, where do I recognise this guy from? And he, he didn't go under the name, and he's got, he's got a really strong link with you. And in fact, I, I just want to give you a couple of clues. Can I? No, no, I, I thought you were about to I do think that yes. was the clue, the yes. silence. I'm waiting. Okay, I'm just going to do a reenactment from a few years, and this is the guy who called up today. Was it Yasser? It wasn't Yasser, incorrect. Okay. okay. Um, but he called up with a different name, and the voice was very distinct, and I'll just recreate a call from about ten years ago. Ian, Ian, your muppet. Can I ask what I've given it away? Ian, your muppet, can I ask you a question? You saddle, your muppet, can I ask you a question? Not the, the, you... the dentist that was going to kill me. Yeah. What's his name? Alex or something? No, he used to go under the name Adam. Adam. Nasty Adam. He was going to train to become a dentist so that he would then get me in his chair and operate on me without anaesthetic. That's how much he hated me. But Ian, why are you, why are you interrupting me again, you muppet? You hit the Beckhams. <laughs> oh, God. You hit the oh. You're like a coin-operated prostitute, aren't you? Why, why, you muppet. Oh, God. You can't answer me, can you? It's so uncomfortable. <laughs> And, and he has such a distinct voice. And yeah. today, he did. The, he probably did the second most stupid thing. Uh, to, uh, I think the first would be sort of to, you know, pee off Mike Tyson. Can I say piss off, or do you have to dump that? You can say. You can say. You can say it once. Yes. Okay. Um, you don't want to um, sort of you know get on the wrong side of Mike Tyson. You no. don't want to debate James O'Brien, <laughs> especially on the European Union. No. So um, Jeffrey, uh, as he went by today, Jeffrey called up and he said, uh, "James, you got it completely wrong on the European Union. The, U- the Brexit's going to be fine. The government have said that they're happy with a no deal and they've confirmed it. And obviously, James completely ran rings around them. And then Adam slash Jeffrey reverted to type. And towards the end, when James O'Brien kept saying to him." Yes. Um, Jeffrey, where's your uh, evidence for this? Could you cite me something? And then he lost it. And this is when I recalled he was your caller. He went, you know what, you know what, James? When we leave the EU, I'm going to be happy because you're going to be crying in the morning, oh. you muppet. Wow. wow. He is in the morning, you absolute muppet. And then wow. he hung up. Wowzers. Well, I feel like I've, I've lived the James O'Brien show in real time. It's great, isn't it? I live it every morning, uh, 10 till 11. Oh, no, no, we don't. We, we live uh, Mike Graham... Is it still Mike Graham doing yes. that stuff? We live Mike Graham, 10 to 1 on talk radio. All other radio shows are cancelled, James. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> Can't phone up and bang on about Mike Graham, 10 to 1. Uh, what, what, a, what a listen. What a great radio show. It's absolutely marvellous. 0344 499 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, we're going to go to the trail. This is Talk Radio. The radio show for people who know the best part of the day is the night. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Uh, let's go to Steve. Good evening, Steve. Steve! Hello? Hello, Steve! Uh, it's Dave, actually. Dave! Hello, Dave! Yeah. Okay, it's very muffled, Hello, it's hard to tell. Yeah, of course, I just turned the radio on halfway through that conversation, and I don't want to know what it was on about, because it's not my business, but 51 weeks clean today. 51 weeks? Yeah, 51 hey, weeks clean. Congratulations, brother. From what am I allowed to ask, or is it irrelevant now? Mm, bit of crack, bit of heroin. A little bit of, of crack, cannabis. a little bit of the brown. It, that stuff is very yeah. Moorish. Well done. Hey, congratulations, <laughs> man. Well, you've got, hang on a minute, you've got um, how many weeks in a year? 52. You've got one more week. You get, um, what is it, the black chip? 
I don't know. I say I don't want no drugs anymore, so that's what I don't want. Well, go to go to. Do you, do you, how do you do it? You go to meetings? Are you just doing it on your own? It, how, how are you working it? Yeah, I ended up homeless. Lost my relationship. Ended up homeless. Got a flat. Got into a re well, not a rehab, a place that helps you out with the methadone and that. And uh, in about two months' time, I won't even be on the methadone. There we go, mate. Thanks. I started. I started on thirty mils, and I'm down to ten mils. Here we go, brother. Amen. This <laughs> is brilliant news, man. This is exactly what I need to hear. This is fantastic, man. Is and how is life going? It's good. I've got myself a nice flat. I've got myself a full time job. I've got friends again. Well, well done. And and, and here's here's the thing. You, uh, you're being honest. Honesty is the thing that you get back, isn't it? Pardon? Hon- not your hearing. Hon- honesty is the thing that you get back. You learn how to be honest. Yeah. Uh, the thing is to be honest with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. And I, I don't know what you've done because we've all got our own pasts. But I just thought I'd phone you up and give you that good news. 51 weeks clean. Dave, I'm absolutely thrilled for you. And um, uh, next week, I'm going to raise a cup of tea when you make it to a full year, brother. Well done. You should be very proud of yourself. I am. I'm really proud. Thank uh, you, Dave. Thanks. You as well. Thanks proud for the call. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Coming off drugs, man, is hard. It's flipping hard. You go, you go to uh, you know, NA meetings and stuff, and you hear the stories. Jeez, where it takes people and 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 what it does. Flipping heck. Um, well done, Dave. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. We're still doing the scavenger hunt, guys. We're still looking for a guy. We've only got one thing on the scavenger hunt, which is someone who's been on TV, and that's Pete, who's in the IT crowd. And actually, he was very very rude to me. Uh, in that but then there was Eddie who was man oh man and I think that qualifies yeah let's right Pete you're out Pete's getting on my nerves Eddie man oh, oh man. man and he sang I think that that actually trumped <laughs> Pete anyway it does so we want a gong we want someone who's been on TV no we've got that unless it's better yeah a talking pet where I get my hair cut they've got a talking parrot what does it say oh yeah <laughs> does it hello and then it does it does a spot on impression of a f- mobile phone ring. Oh, a spot on impression! I, and I was in there at the weekend getting my hair cut, and I was there for ten minutes. Uh, and I said to the the lady, "No parrot today." She went, "Oh no, no, he's in the sink there. He was in the sink next to me, just chewing the the washing." Oh, so he doesn't flap about? No, he, sometimes he does. He's got a big cage, but he was just sat in the sink chewing. I remember in the early. Can you talk about birds? And I know parrots are well known for being show offs like that. But yep. wild birds do it too. I'm not sure what it is. Is it a starling that's supposed to be a good? Movie? Yes. But I remember being at my mum and dad's house, probably about 2003 ish. Yep. Do you remember when you locked your cars? It, posh <laughs> ones used to go. Quack, quack. They used to go what? Quack, quack. Yes, yes. There was a there was a bird doing that over and over again. Drove me absolutely spare. Mm. That 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 dates them somewhat because that's an old fashioned sound effect now. Um, okay, so we need a talking pet, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> a drum solo, an extravagance, an outrageous lie, a Steve, a Claire, a baby, a couple named Steve and Claire. That's all we need. We've then got one of these. Very things. simple, guys. So simple, guys. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Haley is. Um, tweeted us thanks ian and Catherine, for having us uh on for paranormal porn was expecting more innuendos and double entendres well she got hessy i'll give you one she um i'll slip one in she no ian no now is not a time to but she got a little bit um 
Hesse when I when I did do one about getting the willies. She, well, I, she I was felt, waiting for that one. I, I think. felt the mood change ever so slightly. I thought, oh, I've got to turn this around a bit and um, come at it from a different angle. No. Whoa, no, stop. <laughs> I, um, Mr. Simon, say that. I, I am very worried. You know, you know, I've got. Oh, let's let's do this. Actually, this is the important thing. I meant to kick this off at the start of the show. Uh, regular caller, um, Dennis from Dunstable. Um, if you've been listening for a while, you will have heard Dennis when me and Catherine were at uh, local radio and then when we came here. Old guy, 9596. I don't always phone up and talk like that. Switch your radio off, Dennis! Switch, switch your radio off! Uh, switch my radio off. And he's not called us... Maybe eight months he's not yeah, called us Yeah, it's been for. a long while and we started to assume the worst, to be honest. And we found out from our good friend Justin Dealey, who works at the local radio station we came from, his, Dennis's family have been in touch and Dennis died very recently. We don't know when, don't know any details, uh, but we know that the funeral hasn't happened yet, so it must have been a very recent um, death. And uh, it is really sad. Uh, you know, it's one of those things... A lot of the callers I've spoken to over the years must be dead now because a lot of them are older people. It's part of the nature of doing phone-in radio. Um, it, it does mean that Dennis does actually owe me money because we kept double or quits in that he wouldn't make it to the next birthday. He owes me cash. I do need to know when that funeral is because I've got to go and collect that money. It's about 80 quid now. Um, but um, uh, I think we were both a little bit... I was upset. Hit I kind by of, I, 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 I'd feared that that might be what was going on. And I'm suspecting because he was so quiet for so long that he, he wasn't well. been well. So, and I know that he had lots of... He was always of, a bit rattly. He was a bit. He needed a good cough, <laughs> bless him. Um, and his, his health came and went, didn't it? Um, and I know he had lots of lovely grandchildren he thought the world of. And I know he loved his wife. Yeah. And I'm just really sad because, you know, he was a belter. He was a great, great bloke. He was a laugh and he got it. And it was it, this was the joy. Didn't we have a show once at Three Counties where we had like an eight-year-old kid on and we had him on when he was 90? And yeah. that, to me... At the same time, and that to me, you know, because our bosses would always say, well, your show is aimed at uh, men between 35 and 50. And I go, no, 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 we've got an 8-year-old and a 90-year-old on at the same time. That's what the show's aimed we're at. We're always trying to say, no, we're not going for, a, we're going for a state of mind, we're not going for an age in particular. And um, so many stories about Dennis, but he was a miserable old git sometimes, he was a funny old git, he was always up for a laugh. And we, me, Catherine, and our colleagues, uh, Kelly Betts and Justin Dealey at the other place, um, invited a load of listeners, including Dennis, when he was about 92, 93, to see Fifty Shades of Grey, the first movie when it came out. And we went to a late night showing on a sun, or that's, you know, eight, nine o'clock showing on a Sunday night. And Dennis came and sat next to me. And if you've ever seen the film, it's so tedious. There is a scene where um, the young lady is, the, the door is open to the sexual dungeon for the first <laughs> to time. To the red room. And Dennis very loudly said, yeah, that looks exactly like my garage. And the lady in front turned around and told me to be quiet. And I said, it's not me, it's the old guy. She went, a likely story. Yeah. And she still wouldn't believe it. And he was, uh, he was funny. And I know a lot of you have got some good memories of Dennis. And he was frustrating as hell. And, um, you know, I, 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 I'm sure his family are not listening. But if we send out the energy, it'll get there somehow. Our thoughts are with them. And Dennis, a speedy journey to wherever you're going to next. And, um, yeah, uh, you know, just as sad, isn't it? Poor old Dennis. Poor old Dennis. 
Um, Simon and Mandy, stay there. We'll come to you in a bit. This is the Late Night Alternative on Talk Radio. Late Night Conversation. Wealth losing sleep over it. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. I am so relieved. You know I'm a big Monkeys fan. Uh I'm, I'm so broke at the moment, honestly, to the point of... You know, the house might, and I'm, I'm expecting some money, but I've been expecting some money for the last three months, Kay. And, and I bought the house knowing I was getting this money, but thinking I was getting this money in November, and now it's February, and I might not get it till March or April. So things are tight, right? Things are really tight. <laughs> but then someone's posted on Facebook this picture. Uh, Sheila and Mandy and, and Simon, I'll come to you in a second. This picture, a self portrait, like a little squiggle drawn by one of the monkeys in 1986. And a couple of people were going, a couple of people, you know, quite high up in monkeys fandom were going, yeah, we'll buy that, DM me. And me and this other woman, I don't know her at all, just a random monkeys fan, we both kind of thought that was a bit fishy. So she went, no, 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 put it up on auction for everyone. And I went, yeah, I agree with her. In fact, I'm in for $150. I'll open the bidding, $150, right? And it's kind of escalated. And... And I found myself, and I do not know why, but nine hours ago, the bidding had gone up 150, 200, 230, I found myself nine hours ago bidding $370. What's that? It's about 300 quid. Yeah, that you haven't got. So, I haven't got it. Let's not. And, well, and I'm thinking, oh, and I kept checking it, going, oh, Jesus, it's not, no one's, someone's going to bid. Someone's, no, no, please, no, what? And I've just checked, and 26 minutes ago, Lisa Bremer bid $380. Thank you. So, I'm going to go in 400 No. <laughs> Meanwhile, somewhere across the Atlantic, Lisa Bremer's going, oh my God, what have I done? I hope that Lane Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Lane. Where are you? Lane, please. <laughs> uh, let's go to Mandy. Good evening, Mandy. Uh, uh, good evening, Ian. Um, you'll have to excuse me. I'm a little bit nervous tonight. Okay. But um, I'm giving you nothing but compassion oh. for what you said. Oh. Um, took great courage, great guts, and um, whatever you're going through is a symptom of some deeper behaviour, and, uh, and I'm sure you'll work your way through it eventually, and you'll be able to look back on yourself with kindness at some point because of what you're going through you so, are, uh, you are a very kind uh you're, you're very kind mandy and i appreciate that and i just have to say again that i'm not that i'm aware that other people are upset by what has happened and are, are, that i'm you know that I don't, I, this is this is about me because i'm saying it but i'm also aware there are other people who have been negatively impacted by my behavior and, yeah. and I'm, I am gen- I'm, I'm, I am so sorry for the, the, the effect on, yeah. on those people. And, and, yeah, and I'm sure you, you want to acknowledge that because you're a very kind person. Um, I'm a compulsive gambler, so um, mm. I, I know about destructive behaviour. So I, I deal with that in my life. So, so are you? Uh, so... Um, how are you getting on with the gambling? Are you? Are you working on stopping it? Have you stopped it? Well, I have a counsellor, and um, I used to go and see her at Harley Street, and um, but now I have um, like on the phone. And um, the interesting thing is, we never talk about my gambling. We oh. talk about. <laughs> oh, really? No, no, Isn't that honestly, funny? It, 
and 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 it's right because um, the gambling is a symptom. Yeah. And, and how it's worked for me is um, is really um, feeling my way through my week, learning to feel. Because when you've been in addiction for so long, you're you you've got all these other behaviours going on, and other feelings of running from things so mm. you you haven't learned how to kind of feel and so the things that really used to upset me i've been able to slowly bring them out and talk about them and i've found through doing that my compulsions have got less and oh, less great. and less may i so, ask a question that i don't think is triggering um mm-hmm. and i hope it isn't um can am i allowed and you don't have to answer if it's inappropriate um, right. wh- when was the last time you gambled? Uh, I gambled today. Did you? Yeah, yeah. And I know why. Go on. I know why. What, 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 what happened? I'm, I'm really pissed off with someone at the moment, and I know I've got to face them this week, and it's anger. I know I've still got a lot of anger in me. Um, I had a relationship breakdown seven years ago mm. after, tw- after 20 years, and... Um, I won't go into all of it, no. but but I I deteriorated. I completely had a breakdown, and um, so I don't I don't want to go there with anger. No, I just I don't ever want to because. But that's what anyway. I'd get deep if I, if I carry on. But no, deep is I deep know. is fine. Do, have you? Because I got clean from drugs with Narcotics Anonymous, and I'm going to other fellowships to deal with these issues I've mentioned earlier. Had, have yeah. you tried uh, GA Gamblers Anonymous? Yeah. I How did you get on with that? I've been there and back and there and back again. I've been to Gamcare, GA. Um, I've been to Smart Meetings. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Well, no, go on. I, I've, I have heard of it, but I can't remember what Smart Meetings are. It's it's like CBT, and um, if you've heard of CBT, yeah, but is, is, I'm is sure it, you have. Is it a group it's as a group. opposed to a one-on-one? It's a group, but you feel like an individual in that group because right. there'd be people there that with other addictions like food or yeah. or whatever that thing is. But the the thing is, they have to be clean, or not clean, um, not drunk or on drugs on the day they attend yes. the meeting. And you all get your time, but the thing is, you do feel like an individual. And what they do is they help you put on the board. Um, they slow you right down. Now, what happened through that day that led you to that behaviour, and 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 it and it helps slows you right down. So um, I, I really recommend Smart. Oh, that's interesting. I might have a little read up on them because I had heard yeah. of them. But I didn't know exactly what they were. You, you can actually do them online as well. And uh, uh, I'm guessing that. when you. Um, Finished gambling, you hated yourself, self-loathing, shame. That no. All... No, you didn't? No. Oh, I go don't. on. No, I don't anymore. I forgive myself. Oh, well, there you go. That is brilliant. I apologise yeah. for thinking you were further back. That's great news. No, no, because the thing is, if you wrap, your, wrap yourself up in knots, you're going to lead yourself on for um, another one, and yeah. you're going to be desperate for another one. Because you don't want to feel that horrible feeling. So you just have to yeah. um, wipe your mouth with it and say, 
that was that was hours ago. Mm. It's, scra- it's scratch cards. Okay. Um, most mostly, I used to go in betting shops, but um, nowadays I get I get some scratch cards. It's okay. thirty quid's worth, yeah. which is a lot better than how I used to be, which was. Any time I got any money, it was all in the machine. Oh man! And and just gone. And yeah. I've I've been through days of overdoses and all all the gambit of of things that we all think. Oh my God, my life's over and blah blah blah. But you just find it somewhere in you. You say, Yeah, I don't like what I just did. It's not nice. Um, but the I can from this minute onwards I can continue to make myself a better person and keep working on myself progress not perfection progress not perfection yeah it's a marathon not a sprint and all those other lovely little lines that sound silly but actually they make a lot of sense I think make a lot of sense sense and and just being kind but listen before you go I want to end on a lighter note here we go I got couple of outrageous lies. Oh, this is... Oh, for the, <laughs> we're back on the scavenger. We need an outrageous lie. Go on, then. Let's have it. Yeah. I don't know if they're outrageous enough for you, Ian, because I know you are completely outrageous. Mandy, you mate, are we, you're number. only the second scavenger list thing we can tick off, so I, you know what I suspect they're going to do, but let's have it. All right, then. When the kids were younger, yeah. they found a picture in my... in my um, in all my boxes, all the photographs. Where's this going? Yes. Yeah, and when I was younger, I'm I'm 57, and um, I know I told you I was 60 the last time I rang. Yeah, you I cheeky don't... little line about bumping <laughs> your age up a little bit so you get served. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, I, I, when I was younger, you could go in a photo booth and you and you could choose to get photographed with a, a, a celebrity of some sort, and what? I got photographed. I remember with, those. It, it you was, remember them? Yeah, Kat. you could you could get them, and you could get you with like a chimp or someone from Tom Cruise. Oh, or, do you remember? Okay, you get right. them sort of superimposed yeah, yeah, on. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, so I got it done with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> oh, blimey! <laughs> what a choice! <laughs> oh dear, Mandy. Sorry, I, I wasn't expecting that. Okay, go on. Yeah, <coughs> and so um, the kids recognised him because, yes. of course, it was about the time of all the wrestlers, yeah. all the silly wrestlers, one of the most famous men in the world. And um, and they said, Mum, you're with Hulk Hogan. I said, yeah, he used to be my boyfriend. Oh. That's when I was going out with him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and they, they bought it? Oh, they bought it for years and years. And then I even told them I went out with Barry Manilow and that um, he wrote the song Mandy. <laughs> when did you? When did they? I mean, Barry Manilow might have guessed a bit earlier, but when did they? When did they realise that Mum was a little bit of a porky pie? Oh well, that was probably when they were around sort of seven, eight. So as time went on, but I suppose ten, eleven, twelve, it. around that age. Mandy, yeah. you being Hulk Hogan and Barry Manilow's girlfriend—that uh, is <laughs> those like—that is outrageous enough for us. us. Listen, you're 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 a good soul, Mandy, and I really appreciate what you said. And I wish you best of luck with your journey. Yeah, bless you, Ian. Love and and you, Kath. Oh, Love thanks, you so. Thank you, Mandy. Take care. What a nice person. Apart from lying to her kids about ex-boyfriends. Well, my gran was going out with Cliff Richard for years, apparently. Oh, yeah.
There we go. The strange things happen. <laughs> Sheila and Simon, stay there. You'll be the uh, first callers after midnight. I, I, sorry to keep you waiting. I've been waiting for a while, but that's the way the show is going. We're still looking for a gong, a talking pet, a drum solo, an extravagance, a Steve, a Claire, a baby, and a couple called Steve and Claire, but Claire is spelt differently in both those instances. Um, we, someone could have done the outrageous lie and said they were a couple called Steve and Claire. Now we actually need <laughs> a Steve and we need a Claire. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Uh, you can phone in about the scavenger hunt. You can phone in about absolutely anything you want. You know, it's that kind of vibe, uh, dear listener. This is the Late Night Alternative, weeknights from 10 o'clock. You can listen to us on DAB. You can download the app or you can go to talkradio.co.uk. Across the UK, online and on DAB. The wild man of late night radio, Ian Lee. A differently interesting nocturnal emissions from a legend of late night radio. On air and off the leash. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. 03444991000. Who's that? Who's got their picture taken with... Uh... Patrick Swayze. It's uh, at MMS Critchley's mum. She says, I have one of those photo booth photos oh. that Mandy was talking about. My late mum with her favourite Patrick Swayze. I mean, it looks legit, doesn't it? I could, um, <laughs> there you go. Look at that. Okay, fantastic. Okay. With, uh, so, so um, right. Okay. We're getting a lot of love from the paranormal porn stars. I mean, the, part of me feels that we should offer to go out on a hunt with them. But then after what the last hour, part of me thinks, eh? yeah, probably stay away. Probably best that we, we stay away. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Uh, you're very very welcome to. Um, uh, let's go to Sheila. Good evening, Sheila. Hello. Hello, Sheila. Hello, you darling. How I'm, are you? I'm very well, thank you, Sheila. How are you? How are you? How's my gorgeous Catherine? Oh. oh. <laughs> bit titillated <laughs> Sheila have you got anything for our scavenger hunt well I did have but it's the same one that's been taken many many times well let's try us so it's the ding on TV oh man well okay so Pete, uh, Pete called in about something about that and I don't even know what it was so I've gone over it with such heavy pen I can't see it so that, that, that didn't happen Eddie was a hunky fireman. On oh, Man O' Man. Man O' Man, and he had to sing to Sean Lloyd before getting pushed into a pool. For three warm beers. Oh, the... no, mine's rubbish now. Oh. I was on Wheel of Fortune, and I won a fridge. No, shut up! What are you talking about? That's wonderful! Hang... Well, yeah. well, was was it a John Leslie, or was it a Nicky Campbell? Unfortunately, and the whole reason I went on, it was a John Leslie, because oh. I had a crush on him. Well, th- 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 And that's how I got on. There you go. <laughs> that's how you got on? Wow. So here's the question I have for the Wheel of Fortune contestants, OK? And it's a show that I do actually like. Did I sit on the wheel? Yes, I sat on the wheel. I wasn't was going to ask question? that. No, the question was, how hard is it to spin the wheel? Oh, it's actually really hard. Because you've got to lean forward, and you're quite, we've met, you're quite tiny. I'm very small. Do you know what they did, Ian? Yeah, go I'm on. glad you no one's asked me this before. Yeah. I was put on a box. Oh, oh were you? There you go. These uh, these things happen. Yes, uh, I was put on a box yeah. because I was too How did you feel about How did you feel about that? Well, part of me would have been like, no, sod off. I'm, this is the I, I am. You, you've got tall privilege. No, I'd quite like to stand yeah. in a box. If I was we, I wouldn't want to be height shamed by having a box. I bet the oh, audience roared with like. laughter. I'd love to be tall. I'd love to be tall like you. Oh, tell it, me about it. So, so uh, Sheila, whenever we get a guest in, they're always really tall. 
and I get sandwiched between them and I look like... Oh, it looks like the crankies. But you're not small, Cass. You're lovely. Like, you're perfect size. Well, I'm five, foot, like five foot six, small. but it, but, it, but it, it looks five tiny compared six. to you. I am five foot six. You're not five foot six. That is a, that is a five lie. Five foot six? That is yeah. fake news. That's pretty cool. She's not five foot six, though. I am. You're about five foot three. I am not I'm five foot six. three. You are shorter than Bruce Lee. You looks very, very small. The same way that everyone to me looks very tall. Yeah. Okay. It's because I'm standing next to flipping Gandalf. Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, don't say that. I was in a. I had a date once with someone, and I met someone from school, and they popped up, and it was oh God, it was their birthday. The person I was on a date with, and and someone from school met me, and they said, "Oh, you're on a date with Gandalf," and he really didn't like it. So Gandalf's a bad word. Yeah, that's good. Don't, in this house. don't Gandalf me on air. Could be sa- <laughs> Sauron. Hang on a minute. So you went on a date with a guy and it was his birthday? No, <coughs> I was already going out with him, but it was his birthday. So you but... didn't go out on a date with him on your boyfriend's birthday? That's outrageous. Oh, no, stop this now. Okay, right. let's go back. Yes. Wind back. Right. Rewind. Yes. So that yeah. was my thing. The only thing I've got is... Um... Okay. Do you know what? I mean, he's a fireman. He's a hero. He's also a loser. He won't be listening. Uh, okay. We've got. We've got. He didn't get spun. We've got Sheila uh, on the wheel of fortune. I've written waff there to say. And I must. I, I know. I, I probably shouldn't say, but obviously, I I got on it because I wanted to meet John Leslie. But. I, Perhaps that's not allowed to be said now. Well, no, you've said it, and it's allowed because John Leslie is, is a top presenter and he's a good guy, and uh, he's, you know, and he, he, not found guilty of anything. No, of course not, because he wasn't guilty of anything. Sheila, thank you very much in, indeed. I thought John Leslie was great. What was that program he did, where he was like space commandos? What he did like a program where it was like a, it was sort of like Krypton Factor, um, but it was like you were like space cadets or space. No, space cadets was Johnny Vaughan. It was, you were like space commandos, and you had to run around with like helmets on. Was it called Scavengers? Mm. 1994 to 1995. Describe it. Describe it. Oh, yes, it is. British game show that aired on ITV, 23rd July 1994 to 21st of August 1995, hosted by John Leslie. Plot summary. The commander of the shuttlecraft Vulture, John yeah, Leslie, yeah, yeah. leads two teams of scavengers to the stricken cargo ship Cyclops yeah. in an attempt to retrieve salvage. Yeah, Each team of scavengers is formed from one man and one woman. One team competes in yellow, the other in red, and the salvage they're attempting to recover is usually marked with their team colours. The commander and the scavengers are joined by a female android, played by actress Anna Galvin, who provides directions and tactical information and to the team. And a little bit of humour as well. I bet the android provides a little bit of humour. Yeah, dry android humour. You were rubbish. <laughs> My battery It sounds yellow. good. How come it only lasted a year? Outrageous. Let's go to Simon. Good evening, Simon. Yo, how are we doing? Oh, look, um, Edward, Edward Swift has retweeted us. Ah, uh, Id. Remember that guy. <coughs> you sound very muffled, Simon. Come on, Simon. <clears throat> oh, how's that now? Yeah, Still it's, muffled. Yeah, it's, it's better. It's better. <laughs> Simon, Simon's a busy man. Simon's, Simon's keeping this, this country, <laughs> this economy going by shuttling losers and drunks and businessmen and uh, all kinds of interesting people around. So let's respect Simon's... Uh, contribution to okay. society. Let's flash forward five minutes and see if you're still respecting Simon. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to be part of your scavenger hunt. Go on, mate. Yes, what have we got? I want to be your extravagance. Okay, well, t- well, t- well, 
going to need a little bit more than just a smooth voice. No, no, no. I'm a taxi. Taxis are well extravagant. Now, hang on a second. Mm. You're at Uber, aren't you? No, I do both, don't I? Do oh. you do black... Well, do you do black cab? Well, I do the equivalent of well, where I live. <laughs> no, 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 Because we've got a lot of black cabbies listening to us, and they will be laughing. Uh, oh, it... Hold on, hold on. I am a... I drive a hackney carriage vehicle, yep. and I have the same licence as... Well, apart from, obviously, the, the regional differences, yep. um, as any other taxi driver... I am a licensed taxi. Hang on, uh, hang on. Did you hear? Hang on, hang on, Simon. What happened to your yeah. accent then? I am. I am a, a licensed taxi. taxi. You became a wurzel uh, for a, for a word. I know it's because because of, of well, occasionally the Hampshire in me comes out. I love it. That was good. I've not heard I get, I I get that before. It's, yeah, well, I see. It's a bit difficult when you start asking people for a fork. A what? Or if you go for what? a fork, a fork. <laughs> Have you got a fork to go with my knife? Sure, you mean a fork. You mean a fork, fork yeah. don't you? A fork, not fark. No, <laughs> he said fark, he means fork. A fork. A fork. That's it. So a I'm fork. a Hampshire London taxi driver. Okay. Well, do you know what? I'm putting yeah. Simon's cab down as an extravagant. You haven't got a gong. Hey! Oh, gosh. You haven't got a gong in there, have you? Uh, I can I, I can probably get one on my phone if you need one. No. I thought, do you know what? Um, I thought Gong. Gong yeah. was what prompted it for me when I was driving into work. I thought, oh, wouldn't it be funny? I, I don't know why I thought this, because it isn't that funny, but I thought, wouldn't it be funny if someone phoned up and just played a gong down the phone? A big... <laughs> and then I thought, oh, we'll do a scavenger hunt, and that, that gives me a reason to ask for a gong. And I thought we'd get a phone call on that straight away. Two hours and ten minutes into the show, we've got no gong, Simon. Well, it's student night in Southampton, so I might be able to produce a bong at some point. Get out of town with your drug slang for Christ. You're right, cut him off. Lasted five minutes and he was gone. Oh, drug slang. A gong. A drum solo. We've got the double N is... Um, d- double N. D- don't, don't give me a link for a drum solo. We can't, we can't link. Uh, you've got a phone in. It's got to be done on the phone. 03444991000. A gong, a talking pet. I've only had three... A gong, a talking pet, a drum solo, a Steve, a Claire, a baby, and a couple named Steve. And Claire. Um, very worrying news about my kittens. They're not kittens anymore. I looked at them today. No, they're teenagers. Yeah, yeah, these these are grown cats. These are grown cats. Um, Cats are going well. Velvet's getting very thin, so I'm feeding her a lot at the moment. I, I thought Velvet was in a coma. Oh, my God. oh, God, I thought Velvet was in a coma because she basically she sleeps in my bedroom now. She doesn't go downstairs or out anymore. Very old, very thin, going to be 20 next month. Um, and normally she's deaf, right? But normally when I walk in the room, the, I kind of stamp a little bit in the floor thing and that wakes her yeah, up. On the occasions where I've had to feed the cats while you've yeah. been away, Velvet's been at the top of the stairs yeah. when I open the door, so she feels vibrations. She can feel the doors opening and if I come in and put the lights on, she can see that. But, uh, but I walked up the stairs and, and I walked into the thing and nothing. And I put some food in a bowl. Normally the smell will wake her up. Mm-hmm. Nothing. And she's like curled up. And I was like, oh no, this isn't it, is it? I went, come on, my darling. Velvy. Velvy, my darling, time to wake up. Dinner. Nothing. Oh. So then I, so then I prodded her. Nothing. She didn't move. Then Velvet. Oh no, Velvet! Come on, Velvet! 
And I started stroking her aggressively, right? And the Is it first, a prelude to, like, pumping the, her heart? Uh, sorry? Hmm? The first five strokes, nothing. Stroke number six, she sort of lifted her head as if to say, what do you want? I'm asleep, man. I can't have... The food is it? I'll go and have some, right? And she got up and she... Oh, jeez. thought that was it. But now the kittens, who I've only just started letting out in the last couple of weeks, and I won't let them out at night time. Um, every time they go out, they, don't, they, they go out and it's, it's a very nice garden. And the first couple of days, they were just playing in the garden. Uh-huh. Now you go out and they're not there. And so, both. Both, yeah. So now about every um, uh, 20, just, uh, okay, yes. Uh, every 20 minutes or so, I go out and shake the food. And it takes longer and longer and longer for them to come back in. And there's a train track at the end of my garden, and they, they come from the train track. And today I was in the living room. I was looking out, and Lucky, the black and white one, was on next-door neighbour's shed's roof. Cocky. She's on the roof. I think, what the flipping hell are you doing? It's outrageous behaviour. Um, we've got another 45 minutes of this, then Paul Ross comes in and does a show. 0344-499-1000. This is Talk Radio. Unmissable late night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. If you just tuned in, you missed like some show, man. You missed some um, some kind of show. Um, what you got, Catherine? You got anything? Yeah. Let me see. I mean, the switchboard is empty for the first time this evening, so we'll wait for your phone calls, guys, and we will sit here and we will chat. Uh, all right, here we go. Yep. Uh, man sells dates with himself for Valentine's Day. Prices start from seven pounds eighty-one, which I think is very reasonable. <laughs> hey, that's a good, that's that's it sounds like a bargain. What a nice guy! A man is selling a selection of date packages for Valentine's Day okay. in order to find someone special. It's just to be America, doesn't it? Because uh, if it's seven pounds eighty-one, then that surely that's that's ten dollars. Oh, he's from New Zealand. Oh, okay, okay, right, yeah. One man has come up with an incredibly unique way to ensure he has a date for Valentine's Day by selling himself for the evening. Peter Wilding from New Zealand is offering women the chance to buy a date night package with him. The singleton claims to have suffered... Oh, All right. To have suffered a bleed twist. on the brain when he was 12 years old, which nearly killed him and prevented him from dating in his younger years. So what? Who cares <laughs> about well, a bleedy, bleedy brain? <laughs> well... He's now hoping to make up for missed time by offering his romantic services with the goal of finding someone special to date. Okay, okay. Here's the newsflash, uh, ladies. He's not a minger. Peter advertised his date packages on a Taupo notice board page on Facebook where he shared eight date options for women plus two extras they could purchase. He wrote, I'm I'm, I'm being on my best misbehaviour. Valentine's Day is ten days away, so it's time to get booking. Rent me for Valentine's Day. I offer different packages. Price is negotiable. Prices for the date start from $15, £7.81. Is he um, a mangina? A what? A man whore. (laughs) I don't think so. Is he not? No, I think he's just... He's not offering his mangina? No, I think he's just enterprising. £7.81 will get you the basic hangout for an hour in the morning, (sighs) just as friends. (laughs) That's... Do you know what? I'm up for that. If I was in New Zealand, I'd, be, I'd, I'd hang out with him. Double this price will get you two hours together in the morning with chocolates and holding hands thrown in. Okay, it's starting to get a little bit raunchy. As you shell out more money, you're entitled to more perks, such as a swim in the spa park, a slice of pie and a drink, a classy McDonald's meal. Oh, and hang, a f- on, hang on. What's a classy McDonald's <laughs> meal? Um, is that one where you're allowed to use napkin? Um, and a photo of you two together to cherish forever. Mm. Peter will also let you pay him 
to have dinner with your parents, but he'll charge more if he has to play with your younger siblings. And if that weren't enough, he'll even pretend to be your boyfriend on Facebook for two whole weeks. If you want how something, much is that? How much is that to have him as a Facebook boyfriend for two weeks? It doesn't say the actual price. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, if box. you want something a little steamier, this this, al- this this bleed on the brain has turned this guy <laughs> into a genius. You could always purchase the 15-hour overnight combo for $150. Well, £78.14. Overnight combo. For this price, you get picked up by Peter, will enjoy dinner together, and then go camping in his Nissan Basara. There'll also be some snuggling and kissing offered if you feel like it. Right. Oh, this guy's this guy's a genius. He's He is... He has... <laughs> you know, this is the dream of most men, isn't it? To be, to be paid... To to make out, make out. <laughs> make out in your Nissan. At the end of the Facebook post, Peter stipulates that he'll be rejecting women for dates based on their age and that even though he's mainly doing this for a laugh, it legit would be cool to get, go on a semi-blind date with someone so prices are negotiable. All right, so if you... He might do it for free. Yeah, if, you, if you're fit enough. Speaking to Stuff, I don't know what Stuff is, he added that if anyone needed more incentive to date him, he promises to always make you laugh and reveal that his greatest asset is his rocking beach body. Is he Is he fit? Is he buff? Yeah. If you like that sort of thing. Oh, I don't understand the eyebrows. <laughs> he's what, he's got to be like 25, hasn't he, with eyebrows like yeah. that? Yeah. This is how I'm aging people these days, by their, by eyebrows. their eyebrows. I do not understand what those eyebrows... Yeah. Oh, no, he looks... I mean, the eyebrows are weird. They're like slugs, but he looks like a good-looking guy. <laughs> yeah, there's no need to be charging, I don't think. Mm, well, you, got, you do have to think, what's wrong? Yeah. What's wrong? Is he, is he weird? Is he weird? Is that what's going on here? Could be. Could be. Anyway, so there you go. Um, £7.81, though, sounds like a snip. It's, um, it's Valentine's. Is it Thursday? It's Thursday. Valentine's. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest scams of all time. We'll be talking about Waco. and um, <laughs> Just so- keeping it romantic for you. Uh, you've, did you listen to all of those yes, Wake I, Up to I Waco podcasts? Yes, I did, and actually, podcast? joking aside, flipping out, what a horror. It is... Um, it is a horror, but with some with some moments of humour actually. But he, I think Chris Warburton, and I think the producer, that's where a lot of that. And, and he did acknowledge that last time. It's, a, it's a, an Irish guy whose name escapes me, uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll give him props. Um, it's an amazing story, and it is it is told brilliantly. I mean, it's it's weird that though, isn't it? That it, it, so this Chris Warburton's coming on. He's been on before to talk about his. Staircase, the staircase yes, murder the staircase. thing. That was it. And um, and I'm, he, I'm so glad he got. And I did say, if you ever got anything else, come on and we'll chat about it. And he sent me an email saying, I've just done, I've done this. Have a listen if you like it. I'd be up for talking about it. And I listened and I loved it. And I was like, man, come on, we'll sort it out. Um, but it's it's made by Five Live, right? So I'm guessing it has. It's not gone out on air. It's an eight part series. And They've obviously spent a few quid on it. They've flown him and his his producer out to Waco a couple of times. Yeah, um, they've they, he's, he's, you know they've, they, I mean not, not massive. You could do it for a budget, but no. But here's something I wonder. This this is a thirty year old story, isn't it? Twenty five yeah. year old story, right? Yes. Would they have made this story? Because it's a lot of it is based in Manchester. Yeah. If Five Live hadn't moved to Manchester, interesting. That time ago. Very interesting. Because they, you are getting more northern based stories now. Yeah. Yeah, um, but I also wonder. And maybe we'll have this conversation with them. I don't think it'll be inappropriate. He, he, they would have spent a few quid on it. I mean, you're, you're looking at a, a, not masses, but a few grand for a podcast. Now, here's the here's the lie that you're that, that no one really 
knows unless you're doing podcasts. Most podcasts don't get that many listeners. When I say that many, um, obviously you've got your like Ricky Gervais's and stuff, and they'll get they'll get millions, right? And then you've got a few kind of mid-tiers, tier American ones that may be getting a, a couple yeah. of hundred thousand. But a lot of those have been going for years and years yeah, yeah. before the the marketplace was yeah. flooded. Yeah. Most podcasts, you're looking at a handful of thousands. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the big podcasts that you're thinking of, probably not getting any more than 10,000, right? Um, and podcasts don't have as big an audience the majority of podcasts don't have as big an audience as people will have you think and i do kind of wonder in an era when the bbc is supposed to be saving money and stuff how and this i'll I'll ask chris but it's not really a question he he can or or, or would want to answer i'm sure but how the bbc can justify doing something that is going to be for a very very small audience comparatively and I mean, why don't they just put it out as a series on Five Live? I don't I wonder think whether, so. Surely they have. I don't think they have. Because it's... Well, it's I, crazy not to. I don't think they have. Where would it, The episodes are different lengths. Mm. It, where would it sit on the Five Live schedule? Do we say schedule or schedule? Schedule. We say schedule. I got it right for the first time. Um, and I do wonder... It's great. It well, you've exists. got a brilliant investigation like that, and that's what it is. Yeah. It's, and it's huge, and it goes across. You know, it's an amazing story. Two, two continents, and it's it's um, it's beautifully told, and uh, the characters that you hear from, the lives that it discusses, are amazing. You know, we all kind of. I certainly grew up. I remember it vaguely being on the television. I was too young to really understand what was going on. I think, but um, Waco. But you kind of. The story you tell yourself is load of misfits, get sucked in, you know, the usual cult type thing. When you hear this story, they were loved members of big families. They were people who had their heads screwed on. They were kids from universities. They weren't necessarily the sort of waifs and strays that you assume would be sucked into something that offers them a direction in life. A lot of them were, you know, already um, avid churchgoers, for example. So there were people who, who had a moral code and they had somewhere to go and they had a wider family to belong to, you know, the church family. So it's not the story you think it is. It's not easy to dismiss them as being people who, oh, well, they were the sort of people it was always going to happen to. They're not. And there are some real oh, moments were... in there where your heart is in your mouth because you're willing people on because they came so close to saving yeah, them. Yeah, they weren't nut jobs. K- Koresh was a nut job. Koresh was, was, was probably a genius. He was a master manipulator, very, very intelligent man, uh, and knew the Bible inside out and backwards, and was, was an amazing personality. Probably, probably a genius, probably. His ability to manipulate and convince and um, convince people that he was Jesus, based the second coming. <clears throat> you know, the fact that he would convince... He had married couples in there, and he'd say to the, the husband... God has, uh, has told me I've got to have sex with your wife and get her pregnant. And then further along, and this is the awful, th- really yes. awful part of it, and your daughter. God has told me I've got I've got to have sex with your fourteen year old daughter and you're pregnant. It's God's will. So, so I'm just going to take up this. And they went along with it, but they weren't they weren't they weren't nut jobs in the traditional um, sense. They were <laughs> vulnerable people who had a particular branch of, of Christianity. I think that, it was also a slow burn. Yeah, you know, yeah. you accept this part, right, now we're going to just add a little bit yeah. more to it. We're gonna, and before they knew it, they were in over their heads. And a lot yeah. of them realised the danger, but yeah. they were too far in by then, weren't they? Yeah. It's, it's an amazing story. I just think, it, I wouldn't have known about it unless the guy that made it 
had emailed me and said, I've got this, you, can I come, if you got, you know, if, if it fits for you, can I come on and talk about it? I would never have no, heard of it. It came out sort of September, October last year, so it had been out for a while. Incredible. <coughs> and the way it was handled as well when the authorities went in, <clears throat> what an absolute, absolutely well, awful, it was a massacre. Well, it went on for, for um, a couple of months, didn't it? And also, the, the, the thing, every time, is we've got an advert on here that plays these boots are made for walking. And one of the psychological tricks they did was they played um, like a snatch of these boots are made for walking on a loop overnight for like 12 hours to drive them drive them out. I mean, the, 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 the American, uh, the FBI, I think it was. And, no, it was uh, the um, uh, firearms. It was the a- tobacco. A- TF or the AFT. I'll code tobacco and firearms. Yeah, uh, but they started it, but yeah. then the FBI came and took over and they ballsed it up. They murdered those people. I think. Pretty, pretty clear to say they murdered. They certainly people. escalated the situation. Oh three four four. Anyway, that's that. Chris is coming on on Thursday. To talk about that. The uh, podcast is called Wake Up to Waco. No, it's called End of Days. <laughs> I don't have no idea what it's called. Uh, so your homework is to kind of listen to that for Thursday and also listen to some of the uh, Toblerowski. Mm. Um, podcast yeah, well. and there was a new Tara and George tonight as oh. well, so um, that you should be able to catch up with that. I'll have a little bit. Of that. Oh, I've got another podcast. I've got another podcast. Right, let me plug my phone in. My phone sometimes when I play podcasts, it goes a bit echoey, and I wonder if it's the casing. So I found this other podcast because I'm looking for podcasts and stuff. There we go. And I went to to WFMU, and I mentioned this last week. Uh, and it's this is nuts. I fell asleep listening to this, and it was like tripping. It was insane. <laughs> it's Ken's last ever radio extravaganza, right? Read. Let me read. Um, That's the whole title of the show. Yeah, let me read the uh, the description. Ken's last ever radio extrava. Uh, oh no, that's the th- the thing. Hang on, details. Live improvised sound collage experiment. Weaving mesmerizing, loopy layered found soundscapes, riding the liminal spaces between waking and dreaming. The liminal. I've yeah, never heard liminal yeah, taken. I'm gonna I'm gonna play you a bit. Here we go. This is this is nuts. Put your headphones on, guys. Jump forward 20 minutes and see where that takes us. Here we go. Well, I get to it with talking. <laughs> Fell asleep with this on the other day. Oh. You had some wacky dreams. Oh, God. Yes, man. 
And on it goes, flipping heck, man. Oh, and sometimes he takes phone calls over that. You were going to get Does some, he? Yeah, you were going to get some of that tonight. I was going to do a bit of that. We've done that before. Yeah, we have. We've done that. I was going to do it again tonight, but I left my hard drive with my music on at home. So we might do it tomorrow. Uh, we might do it tomorrow. Uh, 03444991000. The lines are empty. Another 30 minutes before Paul Ross comes in. This is The Late Night Alternative on Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. On air and off the leash. On Talk Radio. I think I'm going to get into John Legend. Oh, I've got some albums of his if you want oh. to. C- can you? I would like them. one. I would like one where it's like just his voice and a piano and a choir. Yes. Does he have good. one like that? Yeah, he's got a couple like that. Yeah. Does he? Yeah, I've got those. I'll, um, Could you lend me I'll, one, please? I'll hook just you one. Up with them. Let me one album where he's got a piano, a voice, and a choir. Okay. That would be. Uh, Why I, do you want to get into John Legend? I think I might. I think you'll like. I think him. I might like him. I like him. <clears throat> a lot of people upset at the Grammys that um, J-Lo did yes. a Motown tribute with Smokey, uh, Smokey Robinson, Mr. Smokey Robinson, to give him his full title. Not, not the bear. And not um, and not a black lady. Right. Yeah. I mean, she's swarthy, isn't she? She's, she's Latina. Latina, isn't it? Latina. Latina. Uh, Latina. Latino, Latina. I've seen her live. Okay. Do you think that's why they chose her? <laughs> <laughs> Who could they have chosen? Who would have been better? Well, Diana Ross is 75. <gasps> she was uh, celebrating at the Grammys, but she was doing her own little thing. All right, cool. Um, 75, Diana Ross. Who would have thought it? Really? Well. That's a ripe old age. It's a ripe old age for anyone to get. It is. I'm trying to think who they could have got. I mean... Can't really have um, Lauren Hill because she's a bit erratic these days. Is Lauren Hill still a thing? Yeah, she's still touring. Is she? Yeah, she's. Oh. And but well. that was always kind of the part of the charm, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it got less charming. One time. Yeah, beautiful as well. What a great voice. Two time. Who could they have had that would? I mean, there's so many brilliant. Whoa, flipping it! They should tell you who they should have had. Mm. Here we go. Clicky fingers. From the voice. Um... Huh? Oh God. Jesse, Jesse J-Hood. 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 Who's J-Hood? What the hell? What the hell is this? Have I got old all of a sudden? Who are these pop stars you're talking about? Yeah. J-Hood? Jennifer Hudson. Jennifer Hudson? Jennifer Hudson. There's a woman with a voice. I don't know who she is. I've seen a picture of her. I don't know who she is. Okay. Did she win the voice? Uh, she won. I think she might have won American Idol. No, let's yeah. get let, no, let's get someone who's worked the club. And she's amazing balls. Let's get someone who's she worked. She was the... working at McDonald's, and now she's a massive star. You don't sing at McDonald's. I'm talking about the clubs. Let's get someone who's worked the clubs. Whoopi Goldberg in Sister Act. <laughs> <laughs> worked their way up, earned their paid their dues, <laughs> earned their keep, um, have slept, yeah, uh, worked hard, suffered life's uh, knocks and kickbacks. And uh, all of those things. You're telling me you can't think of one black female singer, you racist? Of course I can. I'm just thinking of someone who would have done it. Yeah. What was wrong with Alicia Keys? She was there. (laughs) I can't think of it. But then I've always been... This is the thing. I'm I'm well aware of this. I I am a big thing. When people say what music do you like, I, I can very specifically say I do like white... 
top. And that's not in any way a racial slur. It's generally, you know, you look at my record collection, 80% of it is white pop bands. Now, pop is a broad term, because I include XTC, you know, I go from the Monkees to XTC to the Beach Boys to the Beatles to, you know, to Can maybe. Um, maybe not quite so much Can. Um, but um, I, I remember, I, 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 black music does not play a huge part in my life. I remember when I was, like, 15, though, and I discovered Marvin Gaye. What the heck is that all about? Jeez, that guy's great. He's great. But no, I don't, I can't, um, I don't, I don't know many current pop singers of, of any ethnicity. If I'm completely honest with you, I would struggle to name any. Um, so, um. Well, maybe that's what happened with the guy who was making that, that show up. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> he pissed off, um, Ariana Grande, didn't he? Did he? Because the guy that made the show up, um, and here's the thing, bizarrely, I'm sort of online friends with one of the guys, a guy called David Wilde, who makes a lot of these shows, uh-huh. writes a lot of these shows, because I was going to license a record off him, and then I just didn't get, get through. But we've been DM'd each other a few times, and I sent him some of, some of our records. Um, and he writes, he wrote, he, do you David Wilde wrote, do you remember about five years ago, there was the anniversary of the Beatles playing on the Ed Sullivan show, and they did, it would have been 1964, it would have been five years ago, yeah, it would have been six, eight, anyway, it was the 50th anniversary of the Beatles playing the Ed Sullivan show, and they did a big, massive Grammy special, The Night That Rocked America, and it was loads of artists paying tribute to the Beatles, and Paul and Ringo in the audience, and at the end, Paul and Ringo got up and played some songs together. Guy, I've been DMing. He wrote that show. Oh, he wrote that show. He's friends with he, he friends with Paul. He hangs out with Paul McCartney. This guy, um, but so the, but this isn't the guy that, that Ariana Grande is is annoyed with. So she won a Grammy, I think, for one a song, and she was scheduled to perform, and then her performance got cancelled. And about a, a couple of days before, the, organi- the producers of the Grammys put out a statement saying, we really wanted Ariana to play, but we just left it too late, and she, um, we left it too late for her to put a show together, so unfortunately uh, she won't be performing. And she said, no, I, no, they didn't. She said, I uh, could have done it. She said, excuse me, guys, anyone knows me knows I could put a show, toge- I could put a show together in a day. Uh, you, t- you just wouldn't let me do what I wanted to do, so I had to walk oh, away yeah, from she it. she said that she was being crushed creatively, didn't I mean, she? And get on there and sing a medley of your hits, love. That's how showbiz works. But I thought it was um, great, her calling them out. because yeah, we've all... they put it on her. Yeah, yeah. But, but we've all had the... Like, here's the thing, whenever... And you've got to be careful when you leave a job, but whenever I've left a job, you know, it's, it's always... You never leave a radio job. If I, qu- I quit LBC only because I knew I was going to get the sack. But more often than not, you get told, thanks very much for that show today. Don't come back tomorrow. We're going to buy you out of the last three months of your contract. That's how it works. Um, so whenever someone leaves a radio job, they the, the company, generally this is how it, is how it works. The, comp- the radio station will say, we have been working with Ian Lee for the past four years and we think he's a great talent and we wish him the very best of luck with his future. We've, we've both decided mutual it's best decision. to move, mutual decisions move on. And what the, the presenter generally does is kind of go along with that. Kind of go along with that because they, they, they release a statement saying, well, thanks, I've had a great time working with them and uh, it's just time for me to move on and spend more time with my family. Because you don't uh, want to look like trouble to the next well, this employer. Is the, this is the reason, right? You don't want to look like trouble to the next employer. But the more I think about that, the more I think that's, that's bullshine. 
if you also you also no one wants the taint of the taint no one wants the taint of being sacked mm-hmm. or being let go right which is all it is it's generally it's not you've been sacked you've just not had your contract renewed and they're stopping it a couple of months early you get paid out it's fine but no one wants the taint of of being sacked because people go well hang on why was he why was he sacked what was what was was it behavior was it his attitude what was going on but everyone in radio knows that's how the industry yeah. works that well everyone in radio knows that really yeah i, I wonder whether the listener cares <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure the listener doesn't care. I'm talking about the Instagram. We're going a little yeah, bit up our own. Everyone in here. radio knows what the code is. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm only doing it because no one's no one's calling us. That's no, just, but I was going to say, um, I've been okay. Let's just say it. The last job we had. Yes. There was a folklore. <laughs> there was a tale being spun about what happened yeah. and, um, and and why um, you left. Well, I can't speak because I've signed an NDA. I haven't signed anything. Good for you. Here and, we go. Let's uh, get the dirt. So. Uh, they did a course, I think, to make sure oh, that everyone knew mate, you had to go on a course what the score the was and how they were encouraging personality, but not that much personality. Um, and every time they did this course, apparently, according to my sources, you were cited as a, hang on a minute, your major proponent of personality has uh, just left, apparently by mutual consent. So what was the score there? And they were telling a certain story yep. and they were citing certain conversations that were apparently had with the producer. Now, they didn't invite me to this course until the last day. Yeah of the course and uh, I'd already had in my notice so I had nothing to lose at this point I took some very interesting notes that day let's just say about what was apparently said to me in the conversation apparently I'd had but I never knew and I just wondered how much of the paperwork surrounding that is going to live in the BBC archive uh, and when it's going to come back you know because we've heard stories in the past about people being cited as having um, had certain meetings with the BBC, and it doesn't come up for 20, 30 years, and then that person says, I have no recollection of it. Tony Blackburn got shafted Boom. by him. He exactly. comment on himself, he exactly. got shafted by him. So, you know, if you think that that happened back then, I, I'm here to tell you it's still happening. Hey, hey, hey. And um, if someone brings it up to me, I shall say, I had nothing to do with that. Yeah, I just think when I get the boot from this place, I'm going to say, oh, you know what, I got the boot. But I had a great time. The best, the, the coolest thing, Nigel and Temple Fortune, we're going to go to a break and we'll come to you in a second. When I got the boot from Absolute, I was I was so gutted. I was so gutted. It came out of nowhere, and I was so gutted. I was I went to meet a friend who was in management because I said I'm really worried about the job. I'm not getting any feedback. I've got four months left on the contract. I, I did, ah. never great when it goes quiet. No, is it? and he said, "Well, come on, come and meet me for a drink." <clears throat> and I met him for a drink in a bar, and the boss was there, and I was like, "Oh no!" And um, they said, "You're not going to renew." your contract and I was like oh, but they took you okay. to the crowded place yeah and I was like oh, okay okay and I said well look I, can I go and do the last show now they said no we'd rather you do <gasps> but here's the classy thing here's the classy thing I shook his hand I thanked him for the opportunity and said it had been a pleasure to work there I then had to spend 15 minutes with him telling me what he was going to do to improve the station. I'm thinking, I don't give a shit. But I shook his hand and I thanked him. Yeah. That was that was a big thing for me. Do say thanks, let me play, and and that was that. That reminds me of when I got dumped when I was about 22. Boyfriend that I'd been going out with since I was 17. Dumped me on the phone. I paid for the phone call. Because I had to phone him back. Um, and uh, I gave him nothing. I was like, okay, thanks for letting me know. Bye then. <laughs> and then I went and uh, cried. But I went and cried. I went out. I went out as soon as I could, 
and and I phoned up Eloise, who was the producer, and, and she they'd done a double whammy. That she'd got the phone call while I was in oh, there, man. and we had a good cry and a, and a good bitch. And you, we slagged off people. Of course you do. We're allowed to do I, that in private. But I bet you're glad, as I was in that situation, I gave him nothing. I didn't. Yeah, yeah, no, I shook his hand. I thanked him because mm-hmm. I had a great three and a half years. I had fed my kids, you know. Um, this is Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Nigel is in Temple Fortune, and don't worry, guys, if you miss this call, if you switch over to BBC London in about 45 minutes, you'll hear it again. Good evening, Nigel! Good evening. Well, that's a wonderful introduction. I mean, I, I can't do better than that. I hope <laughs> you're both well, but I was prompted to call you when you mentioned about leaving LBC and being sacked from LBC, and you yes. said, you know, the way the sort of the gentleman's agreement as you walk away, but... You know, there is a reason for that, of course, because if you ever wanted to go back, the door's always oh. open if they wanted you back. Well, well, kind, kind of, kind of, kind of. I, mean, I have to I did leave um, LBC. There was no gentleman's agreement because the boss at that time no, was, was, was an asshole. Um, 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 yeah... Uh, yeah, I can kind of see... Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not su- suggesting people go out and badmouth, you know, their previous em- employer and come out and slag them off. But I, I do think if you've been treated shoddily, you should say... I, t- I tell you someone who was treated shoddily, Nigel, and um, I, he, I think he's mentioned it, Martin Kellner. Martin Kellner got yeah. shafted at, at his BBC uh, radio station, and I can't quite remember the intricacies of it, but I remember reading it on on Twitter. He posted it on Twitter, was 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 treated appallingly, and and refused. You know, wasn't rude at all in any way, but refused no. to play the game. The BBC issued a statement saying we've had a great time working with Martin, and we wish him the best of luck, and you know, all of this. And 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 Martin kind of replied with, "Well, if, if you wish me the best of luck, why would you have uh, um, sacked me when there was no one else in the building, and then escorted me out of the back entrance? So I couldn't. It was that kind of vibe, wasn't it? I think." With Kellner, but I, I understand. I, 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 listen, we're, we're in a similar business. I mean, I'm, I'm in newspapers and you're in radio. But I think what's interesting is there is a big churn rate, and yes. sometimes when you leave, I know it can be unpleasant, unpleasant. But sometimes when, when regimes and people change, yeah. they say, you know what, come back and work on a freelance basis. You, you know what, I'll bury that and come back again for six months or a year. Oh yeah, here's, here's my prediction. I've been saying this for years, and do you know what? I'm meeting up with. Um, I'm meeting up with Clive Ball next week for for uh, a coffee, as we do once every six to 12 months. We meet up for a coffee. Now, Clive Ball, one of the greatest broadcasters this country's ever seen. And every time I see Clive, I left LBC, jeez, nine years ago. Every time I see him, I say, I'll, I'll be back. I'll be back at some point. I genuinely believe at some point I'll be back on LBC. It may not be for another 20 years, but it, everything yeah. is... This, in this business, where there are only a certain number of employers... Uh, it's cyclical. I'll be back at LBC. I'll sure. be back on BBC Local Radio at some point. I've, I've been on BBC Local Radio since I got shafted. I've certainly been on the BBC since I, I got the boot from it. It's all cyclical, Nigel. As long as you don't go around stabbing people and, you of know, course. urinating in, in faces and things, then <laughs> everything... You know, I've, I've lost my temper with people and ended up working with them again. They've hired me again and I've apologised and... You know, it's all cool. It's all cool, man. I will tell you something, and you as a radio professional will recognise Professional. I I love the way he keeps saying professional. He's so so far (laughs) off the mark, but I'm going to go with it. Yes. 
Yes. I think LBC is London's boring conversation because it's, yes. it's lost its fun element, yes. which it had 10, 15 years ago. Well, um, we don't allow fun on this show. The on, on this station, the only time we allow fun is between 1 a.m. and 5 a.m. That's the only time. The rest of the time, oh. fun, Nigel, is verboten auf dem Weiles. It's all seriousness on the Ian Lee show with no fun. It I'm... is all serious on the Ian Lee show. There's no fun on the violence. The only fun is doing the Paul Russell. You will have fun doing the Paul Russell. Yeah, because he's worked very hard to create that fun. One of the worst school trips I ever went on was, uh, it was like to Whipsnade or something, and it should have been fun, but uh, Mrs. Bartram, the teacher, I had a lot of run-ins, said, OK, everybody, you will have fun Today, I thought I will, I will not. Was she being dry and amusing? No, or not? she was being right because I say daft things like that to my nephews, but they know I'm joking. She meant it. She meant it. Come in, Paul. We've run out of material. Nine minutes early. We could do with. So you're uh, the turn. You're the turn. <laughs> You are in trouble there. <laughs> How are you funny Paul? you say that about Mrs. Bartrop because all my school teachers are called Miss, and I'm such a horribly creepy, oleaginous person. I never fell out with or disliked any of my teachers. Did you not? And I've never had a row with a single boss I've worked for apart from once, and he ended up apologising to me. BBC Local Radio. I'm just a creep. <laughs> I, I, um... Kath's not disagreeing. <laughs> Kath, Kath, is a, Kath is a creep. I was, I did not... I'm not a creep. You're a, you're a bumlick. I'm not a bumlick. I was, I, I did not... School and I did not sit comfortably together. I, I the minute a chick says you're going to have fun, I'd think, yay, whoopee, you thought, I'm not. No, I'm not. Hey. I had a miserable trip you to Whipsnade, yes. <laughs> I, got, I got sent out of class once and I was standing out in the corridor and I remember hearing the clip, clip, clip of the headmaster's heels coming down. He was wearing heels for some reason, I don't know why. Hey. Coming, down, coming down the what corridor. Was Sharon at the weekends? <laughs> <laughs> he was coming down the corridor and I was thinking, oh, I'm for it now. And instead he just greeted me and assumed I was on some sort of, you know, boffin <laughs> business. Oh, I love what he said, I got sent out of the class once. Was that the only time? She only sent me out because everyone else would have told her to F off. Oh, dear. It was one of those classes. Oh, so she had so to use So she had to pick to... on someone, yeah. Wow. Just went out. Outrageous behaviour. Um, what's on your show tonight, Well, Ross? I'm slightly nervous because Uh-oh. a couple of weeks ago we had on um, one of America's leading astrophysicists and he was talking to us about black holes and quasars and he lost me a third of the way through. He's coming back to test you well, <laughs> with a quiz. <laughs> that would be easier because I asked him a question at the end which my um, my eldest grandson Rubens asked me. He's 11 and he's fascinated with outer space and yeah. dinosaurs. all kids. And he once said to me, he said to me, I need a big run question. Granddad, what was before the Big Bang? Oh, Basic question. It's, right? it's a great question. So I asked this chap and he said to me, nothing because there was no time before the Big Bang. Oh. Okay. We've got a chap coming on tonight who's got one of the grooviest titles you've ever heard. He's the director of perimeter research at the astrophysical unit of Canada, okay? And he's got a theory that at the time of the Big Bang, when time was effectively created, there was a mirror universe created where time runs backwards. Oh, I've I've heard this. This is great. Talk about, hey man, you're twisting my melon. So if it's running back, oh, what time's this guy on? Because I'm, I'm listening. Well, he'd be after two o'clock or, right. or in, in his universe time. It'll be uh, <laughs> three, three weeks ago last Tuesday. But so if it, time's running backwards, so is, is that running from the end of time to the beginning of time then? Is that well, what the theory I mean, the seems to be. And I, I've got to, I mean, I've got to turn this into, into a sort of English because he's dealing in, <laughs> in, in theorems and fractions. And, yes, you know, but, but basically what he said was the impetus that created the forward movement of time, for which he said there's no basis in physical reality. But there's a huge explosion outwards. At basic Newtonian physics level, there's got 
to be a kind of exhaust going out, yeah. which means at the moment the universe is created, the other side of the mirrorverse, the universe has ended, uh. and it moves back and back and back and back. Yes. Ultimate heaviosity approaches. I love that. <laughs> the guys start skinning up now. <laughs> oh, no. no, don't do We're far that, cheaper than that. We're far cheaper than that, aren't we? That's the get, thing. Get some cheap cider. And you, and you, don't, you, you don't feel hungry. God, Although I've never mind. smoked the marijuana. Yeah? I ate it once I, did years you? ago. And it just didn't, I mean, people always think it has no effect on you. Because well, I've never smoked. I've, oh, I've done, I, I sadly, be, plenty of other things, but never smoked it. I used to be a massive caner. I remember, I'm not, not for a long time now, I'm, my mum's got MS, and I remember kind of saying to her one day, look, if, if you want to try marijuana, you know, we can, I, can I, I might be able to get some. You know, I work in television. I might know someone. And she went, yeah, do you know what? I'll try it. And we made, I made some um, marijuana tea with her. May have been skunk. I don't know. Oh, and we were sat there watching. Um, is it skunk psychotropic? Yeah, we were sat there watching um, Countdown when it was, um, was Richard, the, Richard, Richard Whiteley. Richard Whiteley. Of course, in a parallel universe, it's Count Up. <laughs> and we sat there watching it, and she's drinking this tea, and she is telling me all of the family secrets, like everything: illegitimate children, abortion. I'm getting everything. And then Richard Whiteley said something that wasn't that funny, and she started pissing herself, laughing. And I said, Mum, do you think you're getting any effect off this? Oh, no, no, this is having no effect whatsoever. <laughs> she was off her mash. <laughs> oh, dear. And then we put on Rubber Soul, and we... Uh, got, <laughs> it was... It, I, I wouldn't recommend it, though, guys. It, and we talking about Rubber Soul, we've got yes. a uh, leading <laughs> British academic on... <laughs> He's good. ...who's going to be talking about Bob Dylan's influence on British music in the 60s. Oh. He's written a great book. I've only seen it on that hideous PDF thing. Oh, about a copy yeah. this weekend. And he reckons there's only one major British act that was almost deliberately not influenced by Bob Dylan. And they chose not to be. So if you think of the top five British acts... Shawaddy Waddy. You're <laughs> such a child. Um, don't, be, don't be silly, Kath. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm of, the, the of the 60s. It's got, yeah. it's got to be the Kinks. The Kinks is the, the right The answer. most British. The Kinks, that, that kind of vaudeville. Yeah. Apparently Ray Davis heard it and said, that's not for us, lads. Yeah. And so he wrote... Dedica- yeah. On the back of that, he wrote deliberately, dedicated for a fashion. Funny. So we're talking about... Because the, the Beatles just copied him. Norwegian Babies in Black. Yeah, Babies yeah. in Black is just a Bob Dylan song. Good uh, but Bob Dylan, because Bob, uh, Bob Dylan, going back to marijuana, Bob Dylan thought they were stoners when they weren't, because in the song, I Want to Hold Your Hand, um, what's that, I, 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 can't, I get high. I, I, they, he thought it was I get high, and he thought they were putting in, like, <laughs> drug references, and they're like, no, we're just singing I, I, I Can't Hide. Anyway, 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 don't, don't do drugs, kids, they're, they're terrible. They're, they're do listen to Bob Dylan, the Beatles, and the Kinks. <laughs> yes, please And Shawaddy Waddy, <laughs> Under the Moon of Love. <laughs> Let's go for a little walk. Shawaddy Waddy. <laughs> Uh, right, anyway, let's end this nonsense here and now because I think we've gone on for far too long. Um, Catherine, thank you very much indeed. Podcasts are plenty, uh, dear listener. Don't forget there is kind of a best of podcast of this. We've got, uh, if we get guests on, we'll put the guests out. Uh, we've got plenty of guests coming up this week. I yeah. missed Paranormal Porn. Did it work? I was worried that I w- offended them when I said, does it, put the, it does it put the willies up you? Yeah. But that was Kath's joke on Twitter. It was. Well, it doesn't matter. steals all my jokes. It doesn't matter. Well, no, I don't steal them. You're... It's for the benefit of the show. T.S. Eliot once said, immature poets borrow, mature poets steal. Yes. You're a very mature poet. Thank you very much indeed. I've got no qualms with that. You write them and I'll I'll sell them. Yeah, okay. I'm like like Dave Hill and you're like Noddy Holder. Okay. I I quite like that comparison. (laughs) There you go. Thank you. Baby, baby, baby! Is that Lee Marvin? (laughs) (laughs) Or hate Marvin? Where did that come from? Me. <laughs> I think she was trying to. Uh... Baby, baby, baby. Nothing like it. <laughs> trying and failing. Uh, that is it. We are done. Go and get podcasts. Go and listen to stuff. Paul Ross is coming up after the news, dear listener. This is Talk Radio.